and welcome to episode 164 of the UK Steelers podcast. I'm joined by a group of gentlemen today whose belief in the Steelers season has all outlasted Liz Truss. Dave Hart, Mike Farrell and Ketz, how you doing guys? Yeah, good. We all voted for the lettuce, right? Yeah. The, the, the lettuce has reigned victorious this week. Lettuce country, let's go. Lettuce country, let's ride. I didn't even realise this lettuce thing was a thing until I'm looking onto it like, what the hell are people going on about here? Amazing. Out the lettuce. Um, and without my uh, my Pat Fryermuth this week and Gav, who's feeling under the weather and is certainly being overworked and might or might not have COVID, so sending our <laughs> best wishes out to Gav. But uh, I do have my key weapons here, my Chase Claypool, my Jalen Warren and my Connor Haywood. I'll let you work out which is which. Um, any guesses? Absolutely not. <laughs> my, my lack of appearance lately probably makes me a Connor Haywood sort of uh, sporadic use, you know? <laughs> That's I'll the first time you've called us weapons and meant that positively as well. <laughs> Usually a tool. <laughs> Dave is a weapon. <laughs> um, housekeeping before we get into it, uh, check us out on patreon.com forward slash UK Steelers podcast and shout out to our show producers this month, Rob Ferguson, Matt Hansen, Matt Audley. No, ah, damn, boo, boo me. Mark Hansen, Matt Audley, Glenn Jones and Joel Spencer. Oh, just right. lost a Patreon. I know. Sorry, guys. I'm mixing up Matt and Matt. Maybe I should separate them. Two M's next to each other. Not, not a good call. Now, um, Ketz, can we get a, a trumpet, please? <laughs> <laughs> Regular listeners will know Gav is in control of all the sound drops. So when he goes missing, we are without them. We apologise. But I don't know. I'm just going to call on random people to recreate them. <laughs> with, I'm going to make Dave do his kebab corner drop. And it's going to be like 45 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I could do the starting point, ready? Oh, that's good! Is that that's not bad. Is that courtesy of Greg the cat? That's the cat's collar that I take off him now because he makes too much noise in the show. <laughs> this <laughs> is going to be seamless. Glad, no one will know the difference. Kets, I'm God sure you, I'm glad you took the collar off the cat and weren't just shaking the cat near the, near the headset. <laughs> Thanks, that was the image I had, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no cats were harmed in the making of this podcast. I'm sure oh, Devin Bush no. would like and share that, though. So. Oh, no. Why did you have to remind <laughs> me of that when I was going to give him praise today? Why? <laughs> okay, let's jump into it. Game review. The Steelers played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday in a game uh, nobody expected us to win. Did any of us um, do a, predict a win in this game? I don't think so. I don't think so, no. right? So, God, so no. we were all wrong. Uh, but that's good. Steelers win 20-18. to 18. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, but even through the game, like through the entire game, I, I was convinced that we were one play away from letting the lead slip. It, it just felt that it was it was coming, right? The entire game. I've seen this story too many times. I've, you know, we've played Brady too many times. I felt like I'd, yeah. I'd read this script before. And especially in the second half when, uh, well, you know, when Kenny was still in and, and in that kind of soggy middle portion of the offense where things just weren't kind of getting going. You just felt like we'd seen this script before. Um, but. Hey, I mean, at the end of the day, defense were the heroes. I think playing with uh, no-name secondary led by only Tremaine Edmonds as a, as a usual starter, they embodied a bend-don't-break philosophy to a T, held the Bucks to a four-field goal game, including uh, two goal-to-goal situations where we stopped them in, in the goal line. So um, really impressive stuff. Obviously, Mitch led us with some some, some crazy last-minute um, <laughs> stuff that we've never seen out of him. So. That's all great, but did you guys were any of you still convinced we were going to win that game, or did you all like me think that this was this was about to go the way yeah, of the order? You're right. You've been you've been bitten too many times, right? That you know that something's going to go wrong, uh, no matter how how much faith you have. There's always like a bit of grey matter in your brain going, "It's not going to work. It's going to all go wrong." That's all of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, you 
Tom gave the Steelers a lot of disrespect. You know, for years, the Steelers have been worried about the, you know, as fans, have been worried about that trap team. We are the trap team now. Yeah. And he, he paid us no respect at all. He didn't turn up for his, um, he went off to a wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Robert Kraft's wedding. Didn't bother to... What, he missed out on a, a walk. Was it a walkthrough yeah, or a yeah, practice? Yeah, I think he, he, he missed practice on. before, and then he didn't fly with the team, right? To yeah, so his he, creepy wedding. So. He clearly didn't. He clearly thought we'd, he'd just walk all over us, do his yep. goat thing, air quotes goat thing, and you know, brushes aside. But no, we had we had other ideas, right? Um, it, it was satisfying to see Brady sort of verbally assaulting his offensive lineman on the sideline. That's when you knew we'd got to him. You love to see it. Yeah, I was waiting Definitely. to see the. The window surface thrown. But like as as teammates, like if if you're doing all that, you're not turning up for a certain, you know, uh, and every every practice is important, right? Every walkthrough is important. No matter yeah. how many years you've been playing, it's important. And they're not playing with a team. You think, well, it kind of gives an air of, well, I'm more important. And, you know, maybe you are, but you're not supposed to give that off as a, that, that sort of opinion off with your behavior to your teammates. And then you go out and verbally berate him in front of cameras. I, I'd be standing up against him, going, "Well, no, I'm not having this. You can't talk about that and and not and not bother to come to practice." You know, I'd love Dave to be a teammate of Tom Brady. <laughs> I'd be walking around with a bunch of black eyes, but you know, <laughs> the Geno Smith of the books locker room. <laughs> Someone's got to stand up to the guy, you know. Yeah, yeah it's a bad, it's a bad look, isn't it? Really yeah. bad look. Um. I, I I mean, this is why I've never liked Brady, right? I mean, I, I accept that Brady's, you know, maybe the best quarterback of all time or at least the most successful one. And, you know, that's all well and good. But frankly, the dude is an asshole. <laughs> and I've always maintained this. And this is why I don't enjoy him. Um, I was I was saw a, a clip of Ryan Fitzpatrick talking about this on, on a podcast. I can't remember what it was now, but um, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but he went on a podcast. He was talking about why he has never really liked Tom Brady and just like the disrespect that he, he showed Ryan Fitzpatrick when he first played him. And he held it with him through his entire career. And he, he said that he loved the times that he beat Brady with Miami in the Jets. So um, I think that, that probably goes for a lot of people in the league that, that don't just automatically respect, you know, people for the greatness, but maybe more by, you know, the kind of human they are. He's, he's got too many examples as well of, of losing games and petulantly just running yeah. off the field and not doing the, you know, the typical handshake. And I, uh, you know, I've no idea whether there's a QB who's lost to Brady who's done the similar, and someone's probably asked Brady the question about it at the podium, and and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a little dig. Mm. You know, it's um, yes, yeah, it's, it's not a great look. He he does come across as a bit of a tool. Let's be fair. And I, I, I know a couple of years ago after he left New England, you know, he was posting on on social media and Twitter and stuff about about whatnot. You know, and there was a couple of funny jibes in there. Yep, that's that that's grand. But he, yeah, he still comes across as a bit of a he doesn't come across as genuine with that stuff right it's like who is it someone's always saying that he he's like um it's his social media team right i'm sure he has mm. one and he always comes across very like glazed and just you know molded by i don't know by his fame rather than, i think he's coming apart at the sides though you know with the giselle stuff this season he looks like some C- cybertron kind of horror show i don't know what's going on <laughs> with him but anyway no more brady for now <laughs> let's get into the uh into the Steelers and uh, we'll start on offense uh, where well some QB controversy this week despite despite the win we'll get to that um, Kenny Pickett started out in the game obviously um, with a good opening drive the first touchdown drive I think since week 10 of last year um, 
which you know <laughs> maybe says a lot about the play calling, yeah. but it, but it worked on the, it worked on this one. Um, you know things were looking rosy, and then we kind of hit uh, like I said earlier, a bit of a soggy middle, right, in terms of offense. Um, things slowed down from there after that touchdown to Naji for the walking TD, which which was a nice play call to be fair. Um, but uh, I don't know. It felt. I mean, I'm looking at Kenny Pickett's passing chart, right, and he has not thrown a ball over 15 yards in this game. And every single ball, apart from one, which is five yards in front of him, right in front of the, the middle of the field, is, is to the sideline, basically, to the left, to the right, which is kind of what we've been complaining about with Mitch at the, in the early yeah. portion of the season. And, you know, I think personally, I was thinking about this, I think um, Fryermuth being out has a big impact on that. I think he came to rely on him across the middle of the field the last couple of weeks. Um, and I wonder if that maybe knocked his confidence a little bit thrown across the middle of the field or if it was just a play calling. What did you think of the just the picket error of this game before we get into the Mitch? Not the, not, not the most glamorous of play calls or, or maybe decision making on the passing side. Um, 18 attempts for 67 yards. I mean, if, if Mitch did that, we'd be pitchforks out and, 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 and scream <laughs> and change. Um, you, you do make a good point, though, about Muth being out and whether that safety blanket in the middle is something that he wasn't he wasn't comfortable with though. Well, at the tight um, ends in this game, I mean, Gentry had one uh, catch, I think, for minimal gain, and then obviously the Connor Hayward one when Mitch was in late, but that's a whole other thing. So there was really no tight end game whatsoever when Pickett was in. No, yeah. it was a lot, lot outside, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I mean you, you are right with it in sort of making bad decisions, which I'm not going to harsh him too much because he's a rookie. You're going you're gonna to see those bad decisions. But when you're saying about it sort of going soggy after the that sort of first drive, and it did, because that first drive looked, it, I mean, it wasn't a, a a beautiful drive, but it was effective and we kept, you know, it's what you wanted from a drive. It kept kept moving, kept moving the chains and had, a, you know, points at the end of it where you want that. But then I'm wondering whether there's a bit of um, a play call in... Lack of, imagine, lack of imagination and lack of creativity where defences are just sort of getting wise to it because it's happened in a few games where the sort of the first drive looks good whether whether points come from it or not but the first drive looks good and then they sort of get wise to things and the lack of creativity starts to show am, am I wrong in that? There, there were certainly one or two repetitive plays I noticed where on the second I mean the the, the one I remember was the sweep from DJ I mean the first attempt didn't really work out great because of bad blocking from Najee and then the second attempt was better but I think it was better by about a yard so uh, but, but that was more a, a, a sound defensive play by Tampa to, to stop that so yeah I can see where you're coming from Dave there's definitely a there's definitely a situation where we're getting clocked early doors potentially by the uh, opposing coordinators well, whether it's play calling or, or Kenny Pickett's decision making, I mean, I, I would err on the side of play calling based on what we've seen so far this season. But in the first half, Kenny Pickett threw 15 passes, right? And just looking at his, I wish I could show you, but but just looking at his um, his uh, passing chart, 10 of those 15 passes are in the exact same bubble on the left and right hand side of the five yard line. Like the exact, yeah. you know, between sort of uh, zero and six yards from the line of scrimmage in the same exact spot. And we've seen it over and over again, right? With these talking about last week with the rollouts to the sideline and the quick shots for five yards and whatnot. And it's, it is, it's very, very cynical, very conservative. Um, but, but, but what frustrates me is kind of just shown that he has some stuff tucked away, right? Like I said, I, I thought the, the play call in, in the first drive was, was, was decent. 
Uh, I thought the touchdown to Najee was a very nice play call, left him wide open, sort of cut cut them in, cut the the wide receivers and the tight end on the inside, and and left the safety going over the middle, and Najee was wide open on the left. So there's stuff in there, but it's just 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 dry and dreary. And and I think we saw it especially when Mitch came in, and that's when I was getting really frustrated. And and, and God bless Mitch Trubisky for, I mean, just having a barnstormer of a game, right? But the, we were setting him up on how many third and, and longs, third and 13, third and 16, third and 15, that he's like absolutely throwing dimes on and completing. But yeah. we, there was no business us being in that situation. We were like run, run, passing it as, as usual, just setting ourselves up for failure over and over again. And I think if not for Mitch's just crazy antics that came out of nowhere, we'd have lost that game comfortably. I mean, sure. On on the Mitch front, like it felt like in those, in those first, um, what, Three and a half games. Was it? Was it more than that? I can't remember. What, what week was it? He got pulled. Uh, yeah, we three, three, three and a half. half yeah. 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 In those in those games, it's like there was a mental break on him. Like like there was something holding him back. Like he didn't. He was trying not to lose his job, and that was limiting what he was willing to do. Whereas here, he's like, I think he's got rid of that sort of mentality now, and he's just like, I'm just going to do what you know let loose a little bit more so he was actually you you know you've seen him throwing downfield he he rarely did that in his Mm. starting games you know it was mostly dump offs and the odd pass down the sideline you know there wasn't anything he'd say from an entertainment point of view nothing exciting you know nothing creative going on with him and he's it feels like that's gone now i think maybe given another another opportunity not that i want to see another opportunity given to him right now i want to see what what pickett's got more but given another opportunity, I think we might see something different out of Mitch, you know? But isn't this the perfect opportunity for Mitch to commit? And, you know, expectations were fairly low, let's be fair to him, coming in the second half. But mm-hmm. that's so I think that's sort of where Mitch is in his career, where he's a backup guy who can come in and, you know, touch wood. This isn't the case, of course, but if we're in a situation where Pickett is off for, for any length of time... Mitch can afford to come in for two games and not, you know, not ruin the season or not throw the game away or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, I think that's where he is in his career. So credit, you know, credit to him. You know, we took the game but a scruff of the neck and, and I'm not going to talk about one of his old tweets from 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> as long as he doesn't upset all the receivers and get them all rowing, you know, get, have a row with every one of them. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Deontay Johnson apparently began yelling at Mitch Trubisky to throw him the ball more at halftime against the Jets, and then and then, and then we know what happened in the second half against the Jets. Kenny Pickett came in. I I, I don't know about that. Do you, do you think that that's that to me doesn't strike me as the reason that Kenny Pickett would have come into that game? I I don't know no. that Mike Tomlin's that reactionary, right? From what I've I've read an article saying that that was the plan anyway to to bring him off at halftime. I don't know how yeah. true that is, but um, I I think it maybe had some bearing in in it, but I think. From what Tomlin was saying, he wanted more of a what he called it a spark, right? He wanted yeah. a spark mm. in the offense, which is a reason to swap him out. But I think it maybe had a little bit of a but you could see the frustration in the team. Um and yeah. maybe he's not being the leader that he wanted wanted him to be if he's being called bitch Trubisky by one of his receivers. It's not, Whoa, it's not looking great even, for you. I didn't even read that, was that a thing? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently, yeah. John Hay called him bitch Trubisky, which is something I've called him to be fair, but um, I'm not one of his teammates. To be fair, if if someone called me bitch Trubisky in the locker room when I was the starting QB, I, I think I'd go back. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough, man. Come on, DJ, what's that about? <laughs> I don't know. That might not be true, I don't know, but it's some I've I've I saw an article somewhere on some 
small website i think i think that, that's more like indicative of the frustration though right i think and I, I would doubt that it would be that would be the spark that, that led to kenny starting and more just it being indicative of the frustration that was probably being felt all the time and, and that's mm-hmm. why kenny came in and mm. But listen, you know, let's be honest, in this small sample size and relief of an injured KP, he came in and he dominated and, and fair play to him. And, and uh, Mike, you spoke a lot about in the early part of the season, you know, his kind of role and, and what the coaching staff was probably telling him to do was to play mm. it safe and, and not lose a game and not throw any interceptions. And maybe that's why we saw a, a more lit up Mitch Trubisky here rather than the bit Trubisky we saw before. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, top... Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> that's bad, dude. That is real yeah. bad. Tomlin has uh, uh, made it clear that Kenny will start this week as long as uh, he passes the concussion protocol, which all signs, you know, point to him him doing so. Um, although you worry about the optics, obviously playing the, uh, <laughs> the much maligned Dolphins after yeah. the concussion protocol issues. But I don't know. Have we had it confirmed that he actually had a concussion? I don't really know what the deal is. I never. It's always just been said he was in the protocol. It's very vague as to. I think you know. teams are very sensitive what they're going to give away now. Yeah, yeah. Because of what's gone that, on, yeah. they, they don't want to even give a hint that you know they just want to say protocol. It's it's, yeah. it's out of our hands now. You know. Yeah, and I think that's fair enough given the criticism that the Dolphins received. Yeah. Um, what what's I mean, this is really really annoying. You probably noticed me on Twitter this week if you've been paying attention. Um, I've been getting really frustrated with the usuals this week that are out in force. You know, led led by. <laughs> Wow, look at Kets coming in clutch with the drops. Hello. How did you do that impression with your voice? That's amazing. <laughs> Just much practice this week. Incredible. Yeah. Are you the guy from Police Academy? <laughs> what was his name? Hightower, was it? Who knows? I've got very limited <laughs> drops, but I've got about three. So okay. I shall make use, them, you, you, use them wisely, Kets. We'll look forward, yeah, we we'll look forward to seeing uh, what they are. But uh, yeah, I've been I've been getting increasingly frustrated by the uh, you know you know the names the Mark Maddens of the world uh, you know trying to force some narrative about how Kenny is you know <sighs> basically trying to suggest that Kenny's washed and he's suggesting that Mitch should start. I mean, it's just absolutely bizarre. So if you can go if you want to go through if you want to spend the time just raging like I did and look at some of the things that Mark Madden's come out with in the last week, it, it's insane. I mean, the dude has played two games, two games. I think it's fair to to remember as well. He's thrown against Jamal Dean, Antoine Winfield Jr., Carlton Davis. He's got two very good inside linebackers to compete with. He's got Shaquille Barrett on the edge. He's got Vita Vea up mm-hmm. in his face. Keanu Neal is another deep. Like that's tough. You know, I don't I don't think we expect a guy in his third career game to be thrown for three fifty and for you know four touchdowns against that system. I, I you know that that is that is a a D that can terrorise some teams. Relax, relax, yeah. guys. Look, yeah. I, I'm not going to sweat too much about it. Would I? Would you like to see better numbers? Yeah, of course you would. Let's be fair. But it is what it is. There's no point dwelling on it now. There's no. I have no problem with criticism, right? I mean, if you listen to last week's show, you'll know that. I, I, I was harsh on Gav last week for, for not blaming anyone for anything. Um, but but there's criticism, and then there's just. I feel like the Matt Maddens of the world, and I'll get off this in a minute. But I feel like he's just desperate to just seek. Every you know everything has to be nuclear. Everything has to mm. be like the end of the world, right? But he, wasn't it? Wasn't that the Heisman early in the season? Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was. Oh, he's done. Oh, he's and done. It was the same with Juju, and it was the same with uh, DJ at times, right? It is, or you know maybe someone just had a bad game. Exactly, right. Relax so, the cacks. Just the dude is an absolute cretinous. Ugh, Some people it. just want to be seen, right? They, That's they just, it, yeah. They, you know, yeah. they don't care how. They just want to be seen. And I'm playing into it. I know, but you know, I can't. I can't help myself. 
<laughs> He's got your hotline and singer. He really does. Um, oh, well, at least Gav called him a diddler that time. Well, Didn't he we'll retweet it as well? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I might tweet him and call him a diddler and see what happens. Should we all call him a diddler at the same time and see if, he, if it registers? <laughs> I think so. Oh, dear. We better not get accused of online bullying. Okay, let's roll on. Um, the offense, well, anything anything else on picking actually before? I don't want to. Kets, you got any, anything extra you wanted to? Don't want to uh, silence you, my friend. No, I think that's uh, most of the stuff we've gone over, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. no worries. Uh, rolling onto the O line. Uh, two sacks, two QB hits in this game. Uh, not awful pass pro against a pretty scary line, but there was quite a few hurries in there, I thought. I think the obvious um, boogeyman this week is Kevin Dotson, right? And Death, mm-hmm. you know, death threats notwithstanding, I think everyone listening to this show knows that that's not acceptable. But he Absolute had an awful turnstile now, right now. Yeah, right? he had an awful day. <laughs> he had an awful day. Three penalties. Uh, one cost us 37, a thirty-seven yard play. Just looked a mess. Allowed the hit on Kenny, obviously, which got him concussed. So, I mean, maybe there's an argument. You know, he accidentally won the game for us, but I'll leave that to you guys Whoa. to discuss. <laughs> a deep reach, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Four DHS. You know, unexpected. Um, cost us a timeout after seemingly forgetting that he needed to block for the field goal on the 55-yarder. Um, I think he has an argument this season. To, well, here's my question for you. Tell me if you, if you think I'm right. I think he has an argument as the most disappointing stealer this year after a promising rookie campaign and then obviously an injury-plagued sophomore season. You know, we hope for big things out of Docks on the inside. I think, you know, he's maybe, I don't know who you want to maybe mm. throw in there, but I think he's got a, a case. He's It's frustrating because... He's, I watched I watched the game back and there were actually some good reps, and you you know there is a spark to him, but then it's yeah the 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 hit on Pickett was you know I think the commentator said if you're gonna hold the guy hold the guy don't just hold him and then let him go and wipe your quarterback out. Um, three penalties every time it was oh no he's gonna say number sixty nine isn't he? damn um, that's now six penalties for Dotson all season he averages one a game. And it's cost us 45 yards. That was always my criticism of Chucks in previous years, but I think actually Dotson's the new kind of the new bad man, as Mm. it were. I I, I sense that the Steelers might seek a change here sooner rather than later. I think his his thread is running out. I got to be honest. Yeah. What you time. mean, bringing someone in from outside, or just, or just? Well, I don't necessarily mean. Uh, yeah, I mean draft wise, you know, I oh, think okay. it would have to be relatively dire to do it mid-season. But, but I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, it depends how confident they are in the guys behind him. Not that there's a lot there, but who's behind him? What, who's uh, got uh, very little? Yeah, admittedly. Is Leglue still on the team? Was didn't he do a bit yeah, of he, guard? He lost. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. There's not a lot there, so so the likelihood yeah. is he probably sticks around, right? But. It's. I think before this season, I'd have said that you know I look at this line and who am I most confident is going to be here in you know a few years. It might have been Kevin Dotson, and now not so much. Dotson or Kendrick Green, which which is worse? Yeah, Kendrick Green is probably the answer. Pick your poison. We just play a four-man O-line. I did suggest that. (laughs) Oh dear God. Um, Who else was on here? So I thought Chucks was a bit rough in this game as well. Although again, I, I I do rate this this line, uh, this Tampa Bay pass rush. So you know it, it, it's a tough matchup, but the middle yeah, is better. Yeah, good, com- good competition. Yeah, James Daniels had a solid effort. I thought Mason Cole, although he nearly cost us the game with a bad snap. I was convinced that he'd lost us the game when yeah. that snap went flying behind Mitch. 
Um, but, you know, he looks, you know, he's tough up the middle. I, I'm liking what I've seen out of Mason Cole for most of the season. And, and Dan Moore, I didn't notice, which I assume is a good thing. Only question on Mason Cole is durability at the moment, right? He's got yeah. a bit of an injury concern. But we'll see. He's, come, he's come in every game, though, I think, right? He's, he's come back. He's yeah, had... it's it, it always seems to be the same thing. It's like ankle or foot injury. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I don't mind so much with centre because I think Hassan Howard is a decent enough. I know you, you guys might have a different opinion. He's decent enough for a few snaps that you don't go, oh, Jesus, that's the line falling apart. Whereas if Green came in, you would think that. I think Hassanauer is at least competent. I think I think you're right that Hassanauer is probably the least big drop-off of the five positions, right? If anyone was to go out. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the tackle drop-off would be huge. So, yeah. Rich might not agree with you. I know Rich, Rich isn't a big fan of Hassanauer. But, um, yeah, no. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be comfortable with him stepping into that role. I mean, I get the whole argument about, you know, you look five years ago and the line we had then, and then you look at when Hassanauer came in and it was a massive drop-off, but the line we've got now, we're, we're at that kind of poor state of, of reinvestment over the years. I don't think actually the Hassanauer drop-off is that bad. And actually he improved things last year when he came in for green at centre. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any, uh, anything else on the O-line? Any other thoughts? No, no like, you, like you said, sorry, it, it, that's a good pass rush we're playing against. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't got a top five, top ten O-line in the league. So we, we were always going to see challenging plays. But I was, just, I was just pleased to see they didn't tear us to shreds. Yeah. Really, because I, 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 I expected serious problems. Um. And we sort of came out of it relatively unscathed. You know, it wasn't a... Do you say so? We conceded two sacks. Two sacks, two QB hits, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. For, like, for you a, know, I, you that, know, a bottom 10 offensive line in the league, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, again, against a pass rush, which is perceived to be high on the rankings. Yeah, two sacks. I, I think we probably give them a, you know, a green tick in the, in, in the well-played box this week. Yeah. However, what we should probably say, and we'll get to this now as we talk about the running backs, is, is the run blocking, which you know <laughs> we spoke about is kind of you know maybe slightly being on the the in the improve a little bit. Uh, but I, I don't know, I don't know how, how you felt about it this week, Naji. Uh, another poor day rushing for Naji. I thought who, you know, he's starting to have a stinker of a season. Let's be honest, for for whatever reason you want to give, whether it's the O line, whether it's injury, whether it's you know steel toe cap boots or whatever's going on. Uh, average three yards per carry in this game. Um, I mean, he had some good runs, right? He had that 14-yard run, which was, which was nice. He ran hard on that. He, he, he picked up a couple of first downs where he was kind of breaking tackles. But again, you've got to question finding the right holes, whether it's the run blocking. Um, mm. But at the end of the day, 14, 14 attempts, 42 yards, average of three yards per carry. It's kind of a stat line we've got used to seeing from Najee Harris. Where are we on... I was thinking about this a few days ago. Where are we on Harris, genuinely? Because, what was he, 20th overall pick? I'm expecting something a little bit better from yeah. a 20 overall pick. And yes, O-line scheme are very, very warranted conversation points to have. But he averages 3.7 yards per carry for his career. He... And I mean, 23 games now, that's quite a good sample size. He has three games over 100 yards. He averages... Oh, damn, I did have it now. I've lost it. His longest, ra- his longest run is 37 yards. They're not 
you know, they're not stats that really jump out of a high capital draft pick sort of player. Rich, I apologise in advance. Because if you go on a running back, especially running back, and I think I, I, I mentioned the other week, right? I'd love to hear Richie's thoughts on this, and, and he did message us, and he was saying that you know Naji doesn't look like he has the burst that he had in college, and it, it's it's tough because it feels like this this card is turning, right? It feels like everybody in Steelers Nation was ready to give Naji a pass for quite a while, and it feels like this 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 conversation is starting to come up almost with a lot of people all at the same time now because people are starting to get a little bit antsy and. Maybe it's because Ben's gone and we're looking for this new leader and, and Najee is that guy, but um, I'm with you. You want to see something special from a first-round pick. Equally, mm. I think the impact that Warren has had coming in off the street, nobody had ever heard of him. He puts a jersey on and starts running through people mm. and, and absolutely tearing things up. And I don't, I don't know if anyone's got uh, kind of Warren stats to hand, but they've been pretty good from, from certainly what I've seen. And he's got other dynamics to his game as well. And you start comparing him directly to Najee and going, well, I feel that, you know, first round pick, should you not make the, the rookie off the street look absolutely rubbish, but he isn't doing. I mean, against Tampa, Warren only rushed twice for a yard each, but like in, in previous games, you're right. He's, he's, when he's been given the opportunity to carry the ball, he's, he, it's like sees the hole, hits the hole. There's no hesitation, and the burst is there to get through. Whereas I think Naji, he's almost trying to. I don't know whether he's. I don't know whether it's the the burst isn't there. Maybe the injury was playing that into that a little bit. And I feel like he's sort of, not saying trying to emulate what Lev Bell was doing, but he's playing more of a hesitant sort of thing, sort of waiting for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Where I think Warren fits this offensive scheme a little bit better than Naji does right now. That he just plays instinctually, and the you don't. It's almost like there's no process time in his brain. It's just yeah. There's the hole I'm going. See hole, get hole. Yeah. Whereas Naji's waiting for it to happen. Not say our, but I, like Bell would, but it's almost like that. Where he's, he's waiting for it to happen a little bit more. Where he, he needs to just have that that sort of um that's kind of burst and hitting the hole straight away. But Maybe the injuries play into that. Maybe he's subconsciously avoiding injury, not wanting to just throw his head straight into the into the firing line. I don't know. But yeah, I, I mean, right now, I mean, I know I'm high on Warren, but I'd love to see him getting a higher percentage of snaps, particularly carrying the ball, not just being brought in for mm. um, for pass for. I'd love to see him carrying the ball more and giving the opportunity. Because when he's been given the opportunity, I mean, what was it against um, against Buffalo? He had like a a big he ripped off it came back right I think he ended up yeah. Um, yeah. being called back but he, he ripped off a big run just because like we said he hit, he saw the hole he hit the hole and he was gone he's not a he's not the kind of guy who's going to be spinning duking guys out of the out of the cleats but he he's quick he he cuts once and he's gone and um, whether the long speed's there or not I don't know but you know I think he fits this offensive scheme more than Najee does he need he he deserves and needs to have a higher percentage of carries. I think what you say about him fitting the the scheme is very interesting. I don't even know if it's scheme, but do you think there's any credence to the idea that just just the kind of offensive line and the kind of opportunities he's got kind of fits that north south running style a little bit better? I mean, you tell maybe. me, maybe you know better than I do, uh, Mike. But but at Alabama, I'm assuming that Najee had bigger holes to run through. Kind of uh, maybe oh, I don't know if it's a better absolutely. offensive line, but but certainly uh, worse opposition. So so probably bigger holes, right? So. I mean, I wonder if Naji it's a coaching issue and, and maybe someone needs to get in his ear and say, look, you know, this offensive line isn't generating the kind of opportunities that you had at Bama. Maybe we need to sort of adjust the running style. We understand mm. that at Bama, your best option was to 
maybe wait behind that line and really eye out what your best opportunity was and, and, and choose that hole and, and dive through it and go for a big game. But here, I mean, you're not getting that opportunity. You're getting stuffed at the line. You're getting hit behind the line. And the, the, the thing that frustrates me with Najee is it, it's kind of like the Claypool thing, right? And I don't, I don't want to put him in that bucket right now, but it's a similar thing where he's got the elite traits, right? You see it. He's, he's mm. got those first round level traits, right? He's, he can shake dudes off and he is super powerful and he's got those big thighs and like, you know, he's a powerful dude. But if it doesn't translate to yards, what's the point? You know, like there's there's plenty of soccer players that can do like the craziest skills in the world that don't play for Man United. You know, <laughs> I mean, you, you can have thighs ward, you know, wider than your waist is. But if you're being swarmed by five defenders before exactly. you pass the line of scrimmage, you're not going to get any yards. Yeah. Oh, he is one game this season above four yards of carry. <sighs> yeah. And he does have one game below two yards of carry. Mm-hmm. Two games yeah. below two and a half. Like it, 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 the numbers I was trying to calculate was over his career he averages sixty three yards a game, mm. rushing. Now I know he does help us out in the receiving game. Uh, tap dance fairly quickly while I do my maths. Uh, Twenty three receiving yards a game, which ain't bad. Six yards a catch. It's the running game we need the major help with. And it you know, not to go all PFF about first round running backs, but it does I I, I started to pull a list of all the, the first year running backs over the last five or six years and, and it's not a pretty list at all. Let's see, who we got? So uh, Etienne and Dobbins was the last one, right? after Nadia. Dobbins was round two. Oh we're off. I think it was. So oh, we've Etienne got, was the same as Nadi, right? Yeah, 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 it was the pick after. So we've got Harris, Etienne, Cloyd Edwards, Alaire, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, Playoff Lenny, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, mm. Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, it's right, a frustrating one, isn't it? It's, it's almost a frustrating list because there's a lot of guys on that list that you also, you also would go, mm, that is a guy where when you hear his name, that's an elite guy, but also had frustrations for other reasons, right? Like your CMCs, your Todd Gurley's, your Saquon's, who's you know now having an MVP-level season. I mean, how, um, how, how many of those guys, though, were parts of, part of a team who heavily invested in trying to create a run-heavy team? You know, if you particularly when it comes to the Steelers, as we all know, if you're not going to invest in the O line, there's almost no point in drafting a first round back. This goes invest. back to why it was a weird pick, right, Dave, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think we, a few of us said it, right? We we loved Najee as a prospect, but it was just the prospect of taking a running back there that seemed strange, and that was just another reason why we didn't have the sort of the equipment to do it. And at the time, it's easy to just kind of look past that and go, ah, yeah, but he's so special, it won't matter, he'll overcome that. But mm-hmm. we, as Mike's just shown us, there's not many dudes that do. So yeah, one rushing touchdown this year. I mean, three receivings. That's a, mm, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's um, it's. I think it's one to just keep an eye on for the rest yeah. of the year. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. not go down the the bus route or anything mad like that. But I think it's fair to say we want to see more. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's totally. We want to see a lot more. Uh, we spoke about Roaring a bit. Uh, you mentioned he only had two carries. One was on fourth and one though, to be fair, which I think he picked up. So you know that's fine. Um. I agree. We'd like to get him the ball a bit more in his hands, running the ball. Had some blocking snafus in this game. He missed um, on a Sims jet sweep and seemed to have some miscommunication with Kenny when he was organising that blocking assignment before, you know, before the book sack that was kind of on the goal line. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. did whiff there pretty bad, didn't he? There, there was that one where he was he was sent out as a lead blocker and got put on his pretty much put on his backside, didn't yeah, he? Because like there, there's, one, yeah. there's been a number of snaps where he's been asked to do that and pancake guys and really gone through them. And uh, I don't know, maybe players getting wise to it now. Just like you've got to stand up to this little guy who can. Uh, he's got that low center of gravity. You know, you, you don't want to be embarrassed by the little guy. So. Yeah, no, no, no one wins every play though, so no, you know, no, it, right. it is what it is. And 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 that that the one on you know the one on the sack, it, I don't know how much of that is maybe a rookie QB not quite you know setting up the blocking assignments right and maybe some confusion. And yeah. It. So that that is what it is. There's nothing really on on Warren to to be too concerned about. And I, I would like to see him get some more opportunities. Okay, wide receiver. Let's let's have some fun, my boy, my boy, Chase Claypool. <laughs> the Mike is your side. The goal, the goal of me to say that. Hey, listen, um, I was harsh on Chase Claypool last week. Um, well, was I harsh? I don't know. I think I was realistic. You know, he had a, he had a bad game and he's been having a bad season. But um, a monster day, a monster day after after that criticism. Assume he heard it and, and took it to heart. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, I mean, look at that touchdown that he scored. Uh, I mean, found space exactly how I wanted him to. Last week, I was talking about how he wasn't finding space in the zone. He was just kind of stopping when he thought he was open and then ultimately not being open when the ball arrived. And he did exactly what I wanted him to. He was in between three defenders, a really tough spot there in the, in the side of the end zone, and just found that nice little soft spot. And 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 he even called for the ball. He had the, he had the sort of the IQ to 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 know that as he was turning his head to get his hand up, and Mitch saw it, delivered the ball like perfectly in time. Really quick reaction from Mitch. You know, credit where credit's due on that, and uh, put it right in his breadbasket. And 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 that was just indicative of that the second half that he had. I mean. A couple of clutch, big third downs, really good catches. Um, seven for seven. Great game. Great game. Yeah. Loved it. And do you know what I noticed as well? Looking back today, the uh, the, the long play to Hayward. Mm-hmm. If you look, I think it's Vita Vea runs just in front of, just behind of Claypool, where Claypool is just getting into a stance. And Claypool is sh- clearly shouting to the quarterback or two mates and calls a snap the ball. You see him sort of moving his hands to intimate, go, 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 because there's clearly guys that are coming off the field. And again, does that really make a difference? Probably not on the grand scheme of things. But I love seeing that hustle. Just to, yeah. just to be, you know, want to put his hand up and say, look, guys, we we need to be working collectively team. A little bit of leadership quality thrown in there as well as say, guys, come on, go, 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 go. And what, 40 plus yards later, cracking that, job from Claypool. That is awesome to see from Claypool specifically, because like it or mm. not, fair or not, he is the guy who around the league is known for being... The guy who dances with 36 seconds left when the when you need yeah. to smite the ball to win the game. That's what yeah. he's known as. He's known as a bonehead for that reason. And for him to be doing this, just little stuff like this, is exactly what I want to see out of Jace Claypool. So credit where credit's due. I, I, I'd be really upset. I mean, there's, there's a lot of trade rumours going around. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. But I'd be really upset if we traded Chase Claypool at this stage just because... I've always said I've always felt like there's a lot of untapped potential there, and it's like similar to what I was saying about Najee Harris, right? The guy's got elite traits. I just feel like we need to unlock them. So, um, yeah, I mean, you've yeah. you've been right to be harsh on him. I think only since I've been harsh on him. I think last time I was on, I was quite harsh on him, and pretty much saying that I was pretty much almost out on him. And it, it was a a lack of lack of effort, lack of physicality, considering he's supposed to be this six foot something, big body, physical dominant receiver who spent his entire time on his back. You know, he, he was showing in this what you saw in the in the rookies in his rookie season, where he was making those sort of difficult contested catches and and you know being what you what you expected from from him 
through the whole thing. It, it's it's been such a frustrating experience with him. It's so up and down. He's one of the, he's the, he's almost like the ultimate boom or bust receiver right now. You, I, I don't know where he he is. He's he's in he's the Schrodinger's cat of receivers. He, he's he's either he's either dead or he's alive. I don't know. I think I'm only saying that because he's he's on one of my fantasy teams. I don't know whether to start him or not. So I've got I'm at a bit of a short him. point. Do I start him or drop him? I'm, a, I'm at a bit of a short point of in receivers with with bye weeks and things. So I'm like, do I start him? But um, I've got not got very much choice. But he's, he's either going to score me a load of points or absolutely nothing, you know. But but like Najee with the offensive line, Claypool kind of has that excuse of the the QB play that he's had over the three years, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's he, it's not quite knowing. He, I mean, think about him when he came out at Notre Dame. He was still this sort of... I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still partially learning the position a little bit because he was a little hybrid, tight endy, tight wide receiver player. He wasn't, you know, wasn't the X or the Y. He was sort of a little bit of everything. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's still trying to learn to truly be a, a great wide receiver. And, and as you said, at the time when there's suspect quarterback play, um, I, I, I just think out of this game really positive to see some growth and he was very quickly on a lot of trade blocks in some of my dynasty leagues talk about trying to sell high i think he was on the trade block at half nine on sunday night i mean yeah. from from the trade point of view it's um it's green bay that i've heard of yeah associated yeah. with trades they're all in on him apparently yeah i don't know i think well, well um, i was going to ask this later but maybe this is better now what what would you consider for chase claypool would you consider anything Right now, I don't think I want to. Um, but if this is going to be the blip in his in his uh, his performance, sell him high, like you say. But, Green, Bay, um, Green Bay calls you tomorrow, Dave. Your Omar Khan says we're going to give you our, our first round pick next year. Oh, what do you think? A first round? Yeah. You taking it? I probably. I don't know. It's, it's hard to turn that away, right? That's the line, right? That's where you're like, oh. <laughs> you, you turn down a first round pick for a guy who's up and down. Mm. I don't think I could. That's that's a good offer. I think the logic says take that, right? But but the yeah. heart says, oh, but you know, yeah. I don't know. No, hang about, hang about. A first round pick for Claypool. I'm not saying that's what's going to come. I'm just saying, no, would you take it? I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Of course I, you'd fucking take it. Yeah, but I, of course I'm saying logic <laughs> dictates you would take it. But I'm saying, like, it's like the sunk cost fallacy, right? Like, like I've, I've had Claypool. I know what Claypool is. I know what he's got. I'm like, I just want to get it out of him. Whereas... Did you drop a big sunk cost high level accounting reference on the podcast? <laughs> Three of our listeners all have gone. Oh yeah, nice. Is that a high level? I don't know. I thought that was more of like a general term. <laughs> Definitely an accounting term. Anyway, go on. All right, all right. nice accounting corner. Nice. Um, no, I agree, Mike. I hear what you say. Yeah, it is a, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Like you should take it because then you've got a guy on a, fat, you know, four or five-year contract again, fresh. You can go, you can go address your line. You know, I understand that, but I don't know. I just don't want to trade him. You know. I'd. I'd go. I'd probably go as far as a round three. You would take a third I, round pick for Claypool. I I don't think we'd be offered a third rounder. I think we'd be offered a, a day three pick. I mean, now we're just getting silly. Really? Yeah. And, and not that's not a, that's not a shot at Claypool. That's just uh, you know, almost almost standard market practice, isn't it? I think the likelihood would be a third round pick, and if they wanted us to accept it, they'd have to offer a second. Um, yeah, I think a two and a three or a two. At least. I know we ain't, we're not getting offered a two and a three. The, the, 
What are we, what are we, do, what are we doing here? What are we doing here, Green lads? Bay, uh, Green, Green Bay are desperate. You've got to remember, I think Green Bay see a guy like Chase Claypool and think, hmm, he could work in this offense, and he's exactly what we need right now with Aaron Rodgers struggling and no, no receivers to go to. Mm, that's what Aaron Rodgers needs. A wide receiver with borderline immaturity issues. <laughs> <laughs> touche, touche. I don't know, dude. I think a third round pick. I think that's crazy. I, I, I don't know. I don't agree with that at all. I think, I think he's worth more than that. Maybe I'm being a homer. I don't know. He's, I mean, he's, he's a guy with good physical traits, big, decent hands, healthy, which is, you know. And big feck all productivity. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's not me having a parting shot at all. As it's just I, I, I don't think a team would offer value of that unless, unless there's a little bit of a, a competition between two or more teams to, to, to get them in the door. We're talking about leagues where you know we're taking two to Atwell in the second round. I don't think teams are as attached to second round picks as you think. <laughs> I think in this game, what Chase did, which was positive, was that third down conversions there was a 16 yard there was an 18 mm. yard um there was another third down conversion as well i've just written down claypool third down conversion that's what we've really struggled with these last couple of seasons so actually if we're giving that up especially if we're not sure about moose health as well i think claypool and move for the two guys you go to to get a, third, a new first new set first downs kind of thing um yeah you definitely want the value from the trade if you're giving that up Gav mm. is absolutely ripping his langer off right now, hey. shouting for Miles Boykin to be wide receiver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, sorry, I thought you were saying that he was worth nothing to trade. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, and maybe that's the argument that you should trade him. You know that you've got Chase Claypool light sitting in the corner. Okay, so uh, kebab bet. Okay, I'm hit okay. If Claypool if gets Claypool. traded, yeah, yeah, I I say he'll be. I say the trade pick would be worth anything in day three, and you get rounds two and three. Happy with that, yeah. I'll take that all day. Thank you. Weights and measures. Yep. <laughs> Run it down. Yeah. But it means a big if. I, oh, I don't. Uh, I don't think this get season. Traded. This season. Um, after if the season ends, he's not traded. I'm. I'm coming. Oh, before. Yeah. Yeah. Trade, totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Totally fine. Can't so this is a pre-trade block. Yeah. Trade. Yeah. I mean, we've we've. Sai and I have a bet of. Joe Burrow in four years' time getting to Super Bowl. We, we don't, I don't need know anymore. about this one. I, I mean, we've brought this up a few times now, and I still don't think I would have said that. <laughs> I've literally given you the podcast number <laughs> and the time reference. Yeah. Go and listen to it. It just doesn't sound like me. I don't know. Maybe maybe I was misunderstood. <laughs> I need, I need you to were go slightly on. peer pressured into it, but you said <laughs> fine, okay, I'll do it. I need gotcha. to go. I need to go clarify that one. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's roll off Chase Claypool. Um, DJ, I think, continues to be misused in my opinion. Um, there's really no excuse for his stat line being five receptions for 28 yards with, with his ability with, when he's got the ball in his hands. Um, you know, every DJ pass seems to just be to the sideline now so that he can slap two, two toes in bounds. Um, <laughs> no, no drops. That's nice. <laughs> so good. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> on five receptions. But I don't know, man. I, just his, his average like depth of reception being 5.6 yards feels criminal for a guy like DJ to me. Yeah, agree. Yeah, it's very little poor coordination. Or coordination. That's only no anything yeah. right. And like you said, Mike, yeah, no chance for Yak is the problem. Um, so that's kind of frustrating. Uh, uh, George Pickens held to just one catch with Kenny, and I think early, right? But then came through late yeah. with another key third and thirteen grab from Mitch. Uh, again, no worries at all about about him. I think he's expressed his quality every week, and he did so on his on his grabs this week. I, I do think Kenny's maybe staring him down a little bit now. I think we've maybe crossed the. 
the horizon into maybe you trust him too much. <laughs> and he's like, he's going to make a play on anything that I throw towards him. I think there was one play in particular, I can't remember when it was, but sort of towards the right sideline where he just threw it into like double coverage. And um, I think it was a third down as well. And Pickens was just like, mm. dude, I was not open. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a pass at the back of the uh, cor- back corner, back right corner of the end zone as well, which looked a bit, can't decide whether that was a bad pass or Pickens not in the right place at the right time, but it did look floated a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, just, you know, looking for Kenny to spread the ball around a little bit when he's... Uh, <laughs> Have we seen a clip of Pickens knocking the living you-know-what out of someone in the run game or something? I don't think I've seen one this week, actually. You know, just taking someone out in the blocking game. I don't recall one, actually. That's normally how he gets absolutely wide open, because he's put a dude on the floor. Yeah, he's a bust! No. Uh... (laughs) No! Stop! Look at at Mike. I feel like he's taking on the role of heel today with Gavgon. <laughs> ah, but I'm doing it with a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, I'd been noted tight, to be fair. <laughs> um, we spoke a bit about the tight ends already. I don't, I don't want to go too much more into it. We can talk a bit about Connor Hayward, though, if you want. Um, Kets with that, that big grab. Um, fair play. Yeah, I mean, you've got to make that catch, right? Did his job, caught the ball, trundled well, you know, for the, the extra yak. And had like a defender sort of trailed around him as he was trying to drag him to the floor. And he still got a couple more yards. So, uh, yeah, not bad for tight end three. I thought the uh, the commentator was great on that. As he was running down the field, he's like, and that's Connor Hayward rumbling and bumbling and tumbling. I was like, oh my God, he's not that big. <laughs> Maybe he just wrote down like reserve tight ends and he used the gentry kind of yeah. line and just <laughs> yeah. used that for Hayward instead. <laughs> Sound like Optimus Prime was running down the field. Like, geez. Um, but now I will say not to go too negative on this, but I did see a tweet and this was from uh, at MP Fraser on Twitter. So, I mean, shout out to that dude. Um, Connor Hayward's 45-yard completion was the result of c- confusion from the hurry-up. You, you mentioned that, Mike. And then the linebacker stood there trying to get a call uh, to call a timeout after the ball mm. was already snapped, and he and he never dropped into coverage. Right, so it's a screw up from the defense. So I just think it's yep. worth pointing out that the biggest play of the year so far was not anything to do with our scheme, play calling, or offensive coordinator. It was a total balls up by that you know the the Tampa Bay defense. Yeah, Le- Levante David was. I- I, I tried to snapshot the second he, his hands went up to call timeout, but the ball had amazing calls hands had already started to move to snap the ball. So I think it was the right decision not to not to let him to call the timeout. He did stand there for about three seconds, and ironically, he I think he was one of the guys that actually ended up catching Hayward and tackling him as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, any win that we can take. Aye, yeah, we need these kind of uh, things to go our way, I think, to win, to win sometimes. It's just another underline on the uh, go-up-tempo. Don't let Matt Canada have a time to call a stupid play and actually right. works for the best. I think this is the thing. I mean, I don't know how many times we have to say it, but but I'd love to see some kind of, I'm, I'm too stupid to do this kind of work, but I'd love to see some kind of efficiency rate between when we're in the hurry-up and not over the last year and a half because it does feel like, you know, things are just exponentially better when Matt Cannon does not <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Before we roll on from the offense, uh, you want to guess who's the top graded player on PFF this week? Um, Chucks. No. Uh, yeah, Chucks. Chuck James Corrible. Daniels. Interesting choice. Hmm. James Daniels. Dave. Uh, I want to say Claypool, but I don't think he probably would be. It's um, James Claypool, Dave. Is it? 
Yeah, it's Chase Claypool with uh, about 87. I always seem unsure because I only have it in like fives on a graph. So like I'm kind of guessing after it goes past the line. But uh, like an 86 or an 87. Mitch Trubisky is the only person within, you know, the the galaxy of him um, who's just under 80. And then the rest is kind of... uh, James Daniel's the only guy who's just above 70. And then everything else is just kind of sad. Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so the offense, the offensive chart this week looks very different to the defensive one because on the offensive one, everyone's down in the bottom right hand corner, but on the defensive one, everyone's in the top right hand corner of that graph, baby. Huh. You want to have a guess on the uh, the defense before we get into that? Who's the the, the highest rated? On yeah, the yeah. Defense? Miles Jack, please. Uh, Miles Jack. Lario. Lario. Give me cams. Cam Haywood and Mike gets it on the defense. Wow, we've got two right guesses on both sides. Yep, Cam Haywood with almost a 90. Um, Alex Highsmith, Terrell Edmonds, Miles Jack, all chasing him. Malik Reed finishing the top five. Interesting. Uh, I don't know if defense, if uh, PFF just overvalues edge rushes, rushes or what, but I don't know about Alex Highsmith and Malik Reed being that high, but okay. Um, <laughs> defense, let's roll on. D line, uh, I think it's one of the keys to stopping Brady, and I think everyone knows it always has been. Um, but certainly just an exceptional performance from this D-line, right? Tons of pressure up the middle. Um, obviously, you mentioned Cam Hayward already with an elite game. Took over versus Luke Gedeke, the left guard, and, and finished with three tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, two QB hits. Larry O, best game as a Steeler, as a Steeler yeah. in a Steelers uniform. Dominated from start to finish. Um, five tackles, one tackle for loss, two QB hits. Those guys together dominated the line of scrimmage in this game. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. What do you think? I want to see that continue from Lario because he's he's been like so quiet through the, this early part of the season that it's been a bit concerning. Like he shows up in the run game and but but he's not been just not been reaching it in the in the pass rush and getting pressure and he he was constantly there. If it wasn't Cam, it was it was Larry constantly in the backfield. It was what you want to see from those guys, especially with TJ out, not you know getting that pressure from the edge. Oh, he's fantastic. That one in the in the red zone as well, where he got straight past the the lineman and was just straight in the backfield making the tackle almost before the ball was handed off. Just beautiful, love to see that. What was that? Uh, Cam? That, that, Cam, what you saying about where you? Um, Delario one. Oh, that was yeah. Delario through the A gap. Yeah, that was yeah, a yeah. open play. Stayed low. Yeah, I think even Chris Wormley had a couple of decent snaps as well. Um, he had to stop on on third and short. I mean, our uh, run D in those third and one, fourth and ones was phenomenal. We, as you said, so we really controlled the line of scrimmage, which I was. Uh, I'm not going to say I was surprised about because the book so line isn't as good as what it has been in previous. I yeah. expected it to be a bit of a better match, yeah. um, but I, I think we dominated this every day of the week in the game. I was, I was pleasantly surprised, and I think I said to you boys in, on, on WhatsApp, you know, Cam was just incredible. So many times you'd saw, you'd see him pushing the pushing the interior guy two three yards backwards, whether the play came near him or not, it still makes you think. He is an absolute star. He really really is a special player. Hall of Fame level performances like that, man. We, we th- those are the kind of things we only see from Cam Hayward and TJ Watt and occasionally Minka. But they just take over games like that. Yeah. yeah um, right. It was quite nice seeing a team that's also got big issues in the running game, just like. I mean, they got they got like four nets. He's not like he's a some sort of pussy cat pushover, is he? And um, I mean, he, he was described as a bowling ball by one of the commentators, which I took some umbrance to. 
He's far <laughs> too big to be a bowling ball. He's a he's a he's a thumper or they, a, they haven't got your official bowling ball like uh, details, have they? No, nah, I need to get in touch with them. But um, he's, he's like the bowling ball at the lane that you get. This the one that's just ridiculously oversized and you can barely move it to actually bowl with it whereas you want one of the little sort of size 10 nippy ones that was yeah, the one with the, the finger holes that are way too big for any human's fingers that kind of yeah thing, that does kind that of make one. tom brady the like the little thing that kids use where they roll it down the little black oh yeah he's the ramp definitely yeah <laughs> <laughs> got the buffers up <laughs> yeah he's the buffers up isn't he but yeah no it's, it's just nice to see a team that's also got i mean the amount of times we've like I mean, like, was it against the Browns where they just ran over us a bit? And, you know, it's just nice to see a team that's also having issues. We can mm. empathise a bit. Do you know what, though? He, I found that he did have a couple of good run players, but then they were negated by minus two, minus one, yes. one, mm-hmm. zero. Um, the Tampa's second drive, for example, um, let me just get some of the stats here now. For, the, for their first field goal, Fournette had 27 rushing yards on that drive he finished the game on 63 rushing yards so for the rest of the game he was 2.1 yards to carry <laughs> and, his, and, and i'm sure he had like a 10 yard over there as well like he he, he was brutal there was one or two because he started let me just have a look um left tackle for 13 yards and then three plays later left tackle for seven yards Couple of plays later, five yards. Couple of plays later, six yards. And I thought, oh no, we we've seen this from Fournette yeah. before against us. You know, a little bit of kryptonite. But after that drive, it was nothing. Got totally swallowed up. And and that's credit not just to not just to the D line, but the entire D, the DBs, the linebackers filling the gaps. It, it was such a such a positive team effort, considering all the talk that was in the week about us losing. You know, every cornerback we've ever had. That, that's it, right? I mean, this this defensive performance as a whole was a was a team win. I mean, for mm-hmm. for a team with and a coaching win, I think, right? I mean, I think yeah. for all for all the you know shit that Tomlin's got the last couple of weeks, I think for for him and the defense and, and you know Terrell Austin and defensive staff to come in and, and put this game plan together is is so impressive. I mean, after the game, um, Top Brady was saying that he just couldn't he didn't figure out the defense all day. And that was why he didn't get going. He just mm. did not figure out the defense. And to do that with you know, a cast of characters <laughs> led by Terrell Edmonds, but then, you know, Trey Norwood, James Pierre, Josh Jackson, Arthur Mollett, as you starters. I mean, really impressive, really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and these are guys who, you know, are not used to playing the amount of snaps that they were doing. I mean, Norwood played 99% of the snaps, Pierre 94, mm. um, Jackson 82, Mollett 78% of the snaps. They don't play that many snaps. So uh, just <sighs> great. Really good stuff. Tom Brady, yeah. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and co. To put, I did not see any way, you'll know if, if you listened last week, I did not see any way that that group was being stopped. Um, I think they did it with fundamentally sound football, right? They hustled to the ball. They tackled guys really well when they did make the catch. And, and there was no kind of... Because how many times have we said, oh, my God, another missed tackle. And then they're like 30 yards downfield. None of that. You know, they were well coached. So, mm. and, and as you said earlier, Brady expected an easy day against them. He didn't get it. The, t- the tackling was out of this world. I think we ended up with four missed tackles or something like that, and I think a lot of them came on the Fournet touchdown run. But everything else was, like you said, so catch ball, see ball, tackle ball. You know, it was just, there was no ability for the players to break tackles to, to gain additional yards or anything like that. And you're right, how many times have you seen one broken tackle and it's an extra 10 yards? There was just none of that. It was, it was like you said earlier, so like bend or break. Mm. That's exactly what it was, you know, solid... 
cover tree play, keeping space, closing the space as soon as you see the release of the ball. It was it ticked every single box, and and I think everyone takes credit for that. All the players, coaching staff, Tomlin as well. Everyone deserves credit for that play because, yeah, I expected the worst as well. I think I was up against Brady and Evans in a fancy fancy league and was already bending backwards to kiss me ass goodbye. Um, <laughs> just a solid all all round really. I, I, I can highlight individual plays from individual players. I went, God, that was incredible. That was incredible. And everything just worked. It was such a such a well-rounded performance. Apologies, I'm waxing lyrical far too much about uh, about the D, which next week I'll be swearing blind because I've done something wrong, probably. <laughs> but you know what? This is a game we needed to we win. Needed to, and yeah. and the, 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 you know, after what happened against the Bills, they needed to stand up, and they did way above anyone's expectations. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So anyway, anyone you want to get in, in the secondary specifically before we roll into the linebackers because I've gone out of order. Anyone specifically you want to shout? I want to just quickly say James Pierre, outstanding. Um, and I want to just say why? Why is this the same guy that three weeks ago, whatever, two weeks ago, when guys are going out of the game injured, we we were too scared to put in out on an island outside and we put mm-hmm. in. Arthur Mollet in coverage and got burned. Why Why was that the game plan and not, not this dude? I think he was a victim of his um, performance last season. There was a few times where he got showed up pretty big, hmm. um, particularly by speedy guys, I seem to remember. Um, just sort of, I don't know whether his technique's not right, wasn't right or something, but he's, he's shown a lot of growth over that time. Playing, I mean, there was a couple of um, pass breakups. Do you have two? I mean, there was one that was an important one. I think there was another one that he broke up. Um, showing up in the run game, playing tough, um, pretty much smacking a guy that's probably twice his size in line of four net down to the ground, and then giving him a bit of bit of jip afterwards, giving him a bit of a uh, bit of mouth afterwards. He's got he's got the attitude. I'd love to see it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what James Pierre can do with that opportunity because he's he's shown himself to be worthy of more because he, he's he's like I say last season he, he showed some some issues. In yeah. in immaturity, not not in terms of his personal immaturity, but immaturity in terms of growth with as as a player. Um, and he, he's yeah, he's done really well with that opportunity. I think he's he's earned it. He's earned a bit more time. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I, oh, Terrell Edmonds, I wanted to shout out as well. Oh great, wow, great to see him as the leader of this group, right? You know, with everybody yeah. else out, led the team with ten tackles. Um, hit for net for a tackle for loss that was key in the red zone, strong in coverage all day. I, I want to see us lock him up long term. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm leaning that as way as well. Um, I'm just gonna for, for those listening, I'm just gonna send a tweet and I'm gonna copy in the UK Sealers podcast of <laughs> my reaction the night we drafted Terrell Edmonds. Um, friend of mine, James, who does not listen to the podcast because he's a Bears fan. Um, as you guys know, we always do a draft catch up every year, and every time we pick, we always insist on recording our reactions. Um, I'm going to tweet the a still. I won't do the whole video. Um, the a still of my reaction when we picked Edmonds. Oh, I've no. been, I've been <laughs> his, uh, not his biggest fan, but Jesus wept. He had a an unbelievable game he has been everywhere he was you know at, at the end of any, any rook you know we just saw the number 34 coming out of nowhere you know two tackles where he he, he split the gap between the between the alignment and the blockers incredibly well to get in and even if he didn't make the big hit he's rapid angles and preventing any further gains he has shown to be a bit of a leader i'm really really impressed and and 
I'm 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 open to the idea as well of of trying to sign him up long term. He's not going to get the serious scratch that fits that that Ming is going to get off that that got obviously. But I like the idea of that bit of stability at the at the, you know, the back of the field for us. He's he's really improved the last. I think last season he was good as well, but it was that whole conversation of it's only one year and typically it's in the final year of the contract. You know, where is he just chasing the payday? I, I think he's taken a further step again, you know, and I did see a stat in the week that he's been lined up everywhere, you know, in the box, deep, out wide, at the line. He's just, he's just been given an element of freedom, which that's trust with your DC that you can afford to put one of your players across the field. Um, he's really come on leaps and bounds the last 18 months. Really been impressed with him. Great point. Yeah, a foundational piece of the defence, basically, right? I just You'd hate to see that sort of, you know, the amount of time that he's spent here, the experience he's got working in this defence to, to just disappear. I think that's worth maybe more to us than it is to other teams as well. So, yeah, if we can, you know, sign him up to, to a three-year deal or something, I'd be I'd be all over that right now. I will say, Mike, um, I've just counted them, 12 Heinekens in that photo. I think we picked around, what, picked 20, <laughs> 23 or something One, that, that two, year? One, two, three, four, five. I was going to ask the same question, Sai, to be fair. I'm glad you've pointed that out. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine, ten. Yeah, you're right about 12. That's yes, par for the course. I was probably, in fairness, I'm usually asleep after that pick as well, which I will also tweet if I, if I, can, if I can find it. Um, no, I, I won't lie, though. I, I remember having a very similar reaction at the time. <laughs> I would be like, this dude? Mm. <laughs> so, which we thought was the right you know, reaction for a long time. And uh, I think, you know, you can argue about where he was taken, whether he was taken too early and whether he's lived up to a first round selection. But hey, I'm liking what I'm seeing now. And that's what matters. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. I, I think he's taken steps, leaps and bounds. Uh, okay, I was a bit harsh on Arthur Mollet. I want to apologise to him on Twitter at the time. Sorry, Gav. I know he's your boy. I was a bit frustrated with him because they made a big they made, made a big play on him in coverage. He didn't turn his head around. It annoyed me. But uh, he had a great game around the line of scrimmage. He was he was a menace. Um, constantly in and around the backfield, causing trouble, hurrying, making plays in the run game. So shout out to Arthur Mollet. I should not have been so harsh on you during the game. <laughs> uh, Josh Jackson? I mean, where did this guy come from? Played played against Mike Evans a lot of the day. Only caught four for 48. Um, he filled his role really nicely for a dude that came like just out of nowhere. <laughs> didn't, didn't know he was two weeks ago. <laughs> so, uh, where did he come from? Do you know, Mike, if you got more info on that? Um, yeah, Josh Jackson was second rounder drafted by the Packers, I'm going to say. Then didn't last long there, went to the Giants. Okay. Liv? Is he frantically types? Oh, good. I didn't realize he was that high pedigree. Okay, cool. Well, um, yeah, yeah, second round pick, second round pick by Green Bay, 2018, two years there, and then was Giants. Kansas wait a Garden. minute, I remember Josh Jackson. This isn't who I thought it was. I thought Josh Jackson was like just a UDFA. I didn't realize just this dude. was that Josh Jackson. Okay, yeah, okay. This is the issue of having a, a very common like knit sounded name. Oh, so wow, looks and realizes it was his red star or something. I know it probably was. Was was that the same year that like um what was the other dude that Green Bay drafted the uh the duck Kevin King safety Kevin King yeah 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 Kevin King yeah was that the same year or was that I feel might like, have been I feel like they drafted like two corners like, nearby anyways I don't know anyway that's irrelevant to this conversation okay <laughs> that's just me just being totally out on <laughs> the practice squad dudes were um. Okay, uh, right, I'm out of order now. Back to the linebackers. Yeah. TJ Watts out, obviously. Highsmith. 
Uh, gets the strip sack on Brady would have been huge if we'd have landed on it, but somehow uh, I think Chris Godwin managed to squirm on top of it um, against all odds, which was upsetting. But uh, Highsmith already managed more sacks this year than all of last season, currently leads a league with six and a half. Now, I will say, was quiet for a lot of the rest of the day, though, right? Which which I still yeah. think is a concern because we've seen games where the interior line, you know, of the opposing team plays better. We maybe don't get the same kind of rush up the middle that we got in this game. And we just generate no pass rush at all without TJ Watt, right? And I think that's becoming an issue that you have to point out. You know, it's, it's, I don't know that that's like a major issue with Alex Highsmith because that's not who Alex Highsmith is. Are we expecting him to be a game wrecker to the level of TJ Watt? Maybe not, but I think it's still a concern that as a, as a group, we're not getting that level of pressure consistently. Although, you know, although I'm not going to, you know, Malik Reed had his best game, I think, as a, as a stealer in this one as well. Split a sack with Cam Hayward that we're still debating. <laughs> you can Ooh. tell me who got that sack. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you make of this, this outside linebacker group? I'm kind of still in the same spot I was with it last week, although we got better results. I think what I'd like to see at a high Smith is maybe just a little bit more versatility in the password sets. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he loves to go for the, the inside spin, which is effective. He loves to go for the dip around the edge. And again, that's where he got that that's how he got to the as if he got to Brady for the fumble. But Jay, you're right, so there were a couple of times where when it's straight up the gut, he 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 sort of is written out of the play entirely. And it, it's difficult because you don't want to be critical. You know, you don't want to be over critical of him and, and, and say that because he's he's not expected to get there every single time and every single play. Um I think if we didn't have someone like Highsmith at the minute with what we would be in significantly more more trouble than uh, than we have been in the last few games on the pass rush side. Yeah, mm. I agree. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not so much a high like I don't want it to come across as a Highsmith criticism. It it really isn't. It's uh it's a, it's a, the group, you know. It's there's just not a lot of pressure being generated as, as a group because there's yeah. not a lot on the other side. So Yeah, just have a lot of faith in the depth of that group. It's like like you say, if if I Smith isn't doing anything, you pretty much guarantee nothing's happening from the other side. It's all about interior pressure, really. There's nothing being generated on the opposite side, apart from um, the one uh, the one where it did, you know, the one one chance where it did, um, where Reed got home. But outside of that, it's just sort of you can guarantee that 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 right hand side's not doing anything. Wait, who's That's the thing. I, I believe his it, name was Cam Hayward. Sorry, sorry, go on, guys. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't know Dave's read comment. That was, that was noted. <laughs> well, let the, um, I've sent out a vote on that as well, so listeners, feel free to have your say on that. Yeah, for and context, we'll get a definitive context, answer. There is, uh, there's debate about this because of last week's first sack pick. <laughs> we need the official uh, report well, on that. The official report says Cam Hayward. Thank you, Kets. It does. <laughs> However... There is no however, Kets. You're meant to be weights and measures, man. I'm weights and measures, but I'm just letting the listeners know about the comments that were made both in the group chat and on Twitter, because I think it's important. So I tweeted, who got the sack? <laughs> so I voted Reed, but then watched it again and said that he reckoned it was split, having previously about two minutes before that saying, woo, I got a point. I picked that one. Finally. Because it was Cam. <laughs> so I'm on all three sides, apparently. <laughs> Um, Mike honest, said, I forgot that was the first sack. Go on, sorry. Mike said, verbatim, I believe, no, hang on. I mean, it was awarded to Cam. It's clearly not a Cam sack. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down on my notes, it was a Reed sack. 
In fact, let me just delete that message. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's, it's, it's on the podcast now, anyway. And then Sai said, um, calm. It was defo calm. So who <laughs> bloody knows? <laughs> you know, who made you God, Cats? You, you're, you're <laughs> I'm not God. I'm just holding you lot to account for the you're, you're stuff the you try and get away with. Man, you know, you're, you're like the Speaker of the House of Commons. You're not the Prime Minister. Come on now. You can't tell me what to do. Competent. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, that's, that's, you're the most competent person there. Okay. Uh, let's move yeah. inside. Sorry. Somebody got a sack. Let's yeah, do we'll, that. We'll, we'll let Ketz decide. Well, we won't let Ketz decide. We'll, we'll force his hand as to where the points go. <laughs> no, no, the audience can decide now. That's, did you pick Reed, Dave? Dave? Is that why this is a thing? I don't think I did. I only had oh. I picked in there. I think so it's just to penalise you and I, so. Oh, right, I see. So this is just a cynical attempt yes. by Kets to remove Ridiculous. points from us. Yeah, okay, makes sense. Cynical attack by Kets. <laughs> you heard it, Jesus. <laughs> uh, inside, um, well, we, we spoke about Miles Jack already. I mean, he continues to impress me. Flew around the field all day. Um, took on Tampa's running game head-on and won. I think he's been a great signing so far. Uh, but Devin yeah. Bush, whoa, who is this guy? Hello. Um... Good game in coverage, good against the run, but I think the highlight play to save the two-pointer, which you know obviously yeah. allowed Mitch to then uh-huh. wind down the clock and, and us to, to win the game, I think that's going to do wonders for his confidence. So, um, Do you see much out of Bush sort of for the rest of the day? I, I thought he looked solid. He showed that level of aggression. That not necessarily fold it like you want to see, but um, that an increased level of willingness to, to show up and, and be physical. Where he was, it felt like he was avoiding it in the past, right? He was sort of playing a bit soft, not not like soft as in playing like a soft boy, just like not wanting to be physical enough in particularly in the run game. What is playing like a soft boy? Like uh, I don't know, a bit, a bit um, <laughs> I suppose what you'd call years ago that you can't really say anymore, which is like limp wristed. I don't know that sort of. Uh, what does that mean? Why can't you say that anymore? I almost don't want to go into know. this any further in case it's <laughs> unintended consequence. But I don't know, but um. <laughs> But yeah, just just be more physical and more willing. Maybe the the, the someone's uh, been berating him a bit like uh, Tom Brady did, you know, a bit of physical tongue lashing. Yeah, That's, that could have been another R, with it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, good to see from Bush though. I think he's on the up right now. You just wonder is he going to be enough on the up that by the end of the season they're going to want to keep him around? We'll see. I don't know about that. I think the jury's still out, but very positive stuff so far this season, I think. Yeah, I'm really happy with him. Yeah, compared to what we expected. As long as he stops sprinting straight towards the line of scrimmage and then getting kind of tied up by everybody yeah, that's in um, there. Yeah, that, yeah, it's not all, yeah, you're right. It's not all uh, roses and... and yeah, just give it time, let the play develop <laughs> and then hit the guy. <laughs> and give up two yards, that's fine. You don't have to hit him on the line of scrimmage or hit him in the backfield necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. You've reminded me of last week when he walked right past the set. That did annoy me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what about Rob, Rob, Rob Spillane? Oh, no, you had a good stat about him, right? Was it you? Someone did. Did I? Oh, was it not you? Who was it? Someone sent Come on, Mike, deliver a stat on demand. Sorry. <laughs> uh, d- deliver a stat. Uh, <laughs> he can bench friends. Uh, oh, dear. Weird um, who was it who sent the thing about Rob Spillane's coverage, that, like the passer rating against him in... in... Oh wait, sugar, that might have been me. Oh, there we go. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think in coverage the passer rating is about 125. <laughs> Talk about leaving me out to dry, jeez. <laughs> I was thinking, did I tell something about tackles or something along those lines? I'm, like, I'm changing I... you. I, listen, earlier on today, 
I said that you will you were my Chase Claypool. You, you, I've changed my mind. You're my uh, you're my Dotson. You're my Kevin Dotson. <laughs> You've allowed me to take a concussion right up the middle. <laughs> right. Does that mean we have to check some kind of protocol or something? Have we got any doctors? <laughs> That's it. I'm out now. I'm out. Please, please, get lead the special teams review. Uh, yeah, um, Boswell did all right, didn't he, again? Nice, <laughs> nice consistency. Again, you've just thrown me under the bus there. I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, two for two with field goals, including a clutch 55-yarder um, that, that just had enough, right? Bounced off the crossbar. Oh, doinking good. Love to yeah. see it. I had to stop that and replay it for Chloe. I was like, look at this. Obviously, she doesn't care, but I'm like, look at this. It bounced <laughs> off a bar. Um, we'd probably lose the game, though, without that, right? When you look back, so... I mean, yeah, incredibly clutch, you know, maybe lucky that it had enough on it just to get through. But I genuinely now, think a doink is the best sound effect in professional football other than a massive hit. That's why the double. Those are the two good doink. sound effects. Yeah. What's great is the double doink because you get the doink, then you get the, then the another doink, then the oh, and then the <laughs> <laughs> What about one Mr. Stephen Sims? Oh, oh yes. Sims. Yeah. I was screaming at my TV, but I go, go. <laughs> Run faster! <laughs> and then I think that boy they, won the job in that in that play, didn't he? Yeah. And like, I, I felt really bad for him to not. I, I mean, you'd I, love to see him just return it for six, but like to not come away with a touchdown at the end of it felt kind of gut in for him. I think it was, it was so predictable. Yeah. 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 As soon as he came down to that thirteen-yard line, I was like, "We're not getting a touchdown." <laughs> he knew that was coming. <laughs> And, uh, the, the TV coverage made a clever point at, at that moment because they said it took both of the Buccaneers' top sort of yes. starting corners both tearing after him to bring him down. So, Yeah, because he's not a slow dude, right? But, I mean, who was it who no. caught up with him? It was, the, was it Winfield? Or it was one of their safeties, right, who's super fast? Yeah, it was the two of them, wasn't it? I can't remember who it was. So, you know, but that is what it is. But, yeah, I think he's definitely won the job. He had a couple of, like... If he um, kickoff returns to start the game, right, where people are like, "What's going on mm. here?" But mm. uh, we'll take the rough with the smooth on that. I mean, the, easily the biggest injection of of anything we've seen on on returns in, in hey, years. The, so. the ball's not hit him square in the face, so uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's an improvement. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I heard uh, Claypool in the locker room like calling for for Gunner to come to like when you know he's doing like the the questions to the reporters after the game. He was like, oh, gonna, gonna. I was like, dude, this is your last chance to do this because he's off the roster like, next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. When does gonna stick around till, actually? I, I guess till CA Calvin Austin needs to come off. I don't know. That should be imminent, shouldn't it? This is, he only had three weeks to be removed from IR. I think this is at least the second, if not the third week. So should be yeah, pretty imminent. Yeah, I hope we, hope we see him soon. Uh, PH3, good performance, two inside the 20, average way north of 40, so just a, another good day from him, flipping the field, good to see and some it together. Some pressure with the field position when he was knee-deep in his own end zone. Yeah, great out. kick, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah want to see, I know, I know. Want to see, want to see that consistency every week. Let's, let's keep rolling yeah. with that. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask, oh, go on, sorry, mate. Just a quick one on special teams. Sorry, your boy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Greg Robinson. Five special team snaps. Oh, yeah. First time on the field. He's in. Talk to me. Back. I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Putting you on the spot again. Get the fuck out of here. Um, I, well, I would say let's start him a linebacker, but I'm no longer as upset with Devin Bush, so we'll hold off on that. But uh, yeah, let's get some more Matt Robinson special teams plays in there. Let's go. Did he make a tackle? No. Oh, okay. Well, maybe <laughs> he was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so I wanted to ask two things on this. Firstly, uh, Boswell. Now I'm sure you've all seen this now, so we got to we got to we got to reference this. Post game yes. in the tunnel, coming down, everyone's celebrating. Right, it's a long video. You see Matt Canada come down. He's sort of celebrating with everyone. Whatever we, you know, oh yeah, we won. And then Boswell comes down, very sort of, um, how would you put it, like flat face, not not this, not the big smile that everyone else has because this is a celebratory moment, and just you can audibly hear him say, "Not because of you," and he's like looking directly in the position where Matt kind of ju- just walked uh, <laughs> off screen. Now this has led to a lot of, you know, <laughs> a lot of argument, a lot of discussion online this week. Do we think that Boswell was saying "Not because of you" to Matt Canada in reference to the win? Let's do a round robin. Kets, yes or no? I hope so. Yes. I hope so. Yeah, me too, right? <laughs> he was right. I've not seen the video. Okay, okay. Um, so I, I can't really comment on the context. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to you when you've seen it. Mike, have you seen it? I'm, I'm, I've got it right now. I'm going to mute myself for five okay. seconds to watch it. Because I'm, <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, I've never even... I didn't, didn't even know this was a thing. Am I, I the only really... guy who lives on Twitter after these games? Like, Apparently. I thought, I thought this was no, like the I'm only thing that... most of the time. <laughs> I thought this was the only thing Steelers Twitter was talking about this week. <laughs> that and the um, the Trubisky... Bitch, bitch Trubisky uh, fight, so... Those were, the, those were the key ones. I'm just vamping for time now as Mike listens to these. That's right. And one second. I'll play a, a mystery drop. Oh, Okay. Uh, a nice thick meaty man's nan there you go okay i'll allow that <laughs> sure listeners can, can sense the quality coming from the phone uh <laughs> mike you're back a, a nice big meaty man's nan has been played excellent um unfortunately yeah i had a head, headset in one ear trying to listen to it in the other not ideal okay oh, <laughs> i don't i don't know but there's definitely something there's definitely right? something there <laughs> it's saucy i like it yeah it, it just makes me want to be a fly on the wall. I feel like that there's got to be some because it's the way, like the look on his face and the way he says it is like the opposite, like feeling that everyone else has at that moment. So it feels like he's kind of like coming at someone. I don't know. It's weird. If you've not seen it, go go fa- go track it down and, and tweet us your thoughts. He, um, he's probably one of the guys in the locker room that can pretty much say what he wants and no one can question him <laughs> as well, which I quite like that he's got that kind of. That is crazy, right? The goal of the kicker of the team to call out the the offensive coordinator. Kicker has won a fair few games over the years for us. But but that would say a lot, right, about, you know, just the levels of respect in that organisation. But again, I I don't think we can make any definitive statements. I think it is too unclear Yeah, we can. I don't know. I I, I like to think that that's what he was saying, but I I don't know that we can say that definitively. I think it's... And and they would obviously deny it if anyone ever asked. So we'll we'll never know, sadly. But it's an interesting thing to talk about, nonetheless. Right, very last thing on this game before we move on. Because I have to just point this out, because if we'd have lost the game, I'd have been going all about it. The awful situational coaching at the end of the first half that gave up the three points was, was dismal. I mean, there was absolutely no business leaving enough time on the clock for the books to come back and 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 have the opportunity to kick a field goal there. And, and Ryan Sucker, you know, ended up kicking quite a long field goal. I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was it was way over 50 yards in Hines, which is rare. And there was two of those in this game, but. I don't know why. I mean, again, this, I guess this comes down to play calling, but but I don't know how much of this is Canada and how much is Tom. I'm, I'm assuming Canada still has the reins at that stage, unless Tomlin takes over because it's a time management thing. I, I I really don't know, but I don't know why we're passing the ball twice in that situation. I don't know what's going on. There's like less than a minute left. We're leaving them time to to come back and score a field goal. Uh, it was atrocious time management. Yeah, because it was a first and ten. With 46 left to go, pick it incomplete pass left under some pressure from Vita Vea. Second and 10 on the 14, Harris took it 
sort of end around for no gain. Then there was a timeout by Tampa. Um, third and ten, sort of tried to run past the left tackle for one yard. And I think it was Neil that got the tackle on that. Another timeout by Tampa. Then it was four for nine, and it was a 42-yard punt from Presley Harvin. Um, leaving them 23 seconds left on the clock. Which is with, yeah. with two timeouts still, I think, right? Which is the issue. I mean, if you'd have punted it... Uh, no, they were all timeout. They were all out timeouts at that point. So, so if yeah. you'd have run the ball once... Uh, sorry, if you'd have run the ball twice... and, and so, so, so basically what I'm saying is, if you'd have tried on first down to throw a pass because you're being aggressive, right? You're trying to get into field goal range, no problem, fine. You don't get that, that's incomplete. Uh, incomplete. Run the ball twice. Leave them with 20 seconds on the clock and, and no timeouts. That's probably not enough. But no, that that that's what that's what we did. I think the issue was with forty seconds to go on the clock and Tampa have two timeouts and we're on our own fourteen yard line. Mm-hmm. And I don't know at this point how many timeouts we have, so apologies. Run the ball three times. Okay, so forty six seconds, we run the ball, gets down to forty three seconds, timeout. Run the ball again, get from forty three seconds to forty seconds. Tampa Bay use the last timeout. Run the ball again on third down and get us down to what? One, two seconds. Play clock? Yeah, probably probably, probably less than 10. I'm probably reciting the details of this wrong, but, but what then, you're saying sounds right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, so you're, you're sub 10 seconds and you're punting the ball from your own 14. They, I, they, they don't have a time for, unless, the, you know, Brady's arm's a noodle at the minute. He hasn't got a chance to, to throw a Hail Mary with less than 10 seconds ago. So agree, I, I did question the play call in there. I th- you know, if we were on the 40, different mm-hmm. story altogether. I haven't got an issue with throwing a couple of passes there. But on around 14, take the hit. Yeah, agreed. Just something to look out for. Who, who, very, who, is, very who is in charge in that moment, right? Is that Tomlin because it's a time management thing? God help, God help us if it is. Is he talking to Matt Cat? Does he have a line to Matt Cat? Now I'm asking too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I think of on, on special teams is special teams penalties. Guys jumping off, uh, jumping the snap on the on the kicks. Oh, I'm so glad you reminded me of this, Dave, because I had oh, I, I told yeah, <laughs> nearly totally forgot, and I was I came in ready to just come at Kets straight after the game. Kets just he said he what was it you sent? He was like, oh, I've just watched the game, just watched the game. Um, you know, love oh, this no. play from whoever, but angry face James Pierre, and I was like, bro, I was like, dude. You couldn't have buy James Pierre for after after that incredible game he's just had. Yes. Right. Uh, now I've looked back at this and I can understand why you guys kind of took exception to what I was saying because of the the positive plays that he did make. But we were incensed with rage. We were incensed. <laughs> Me and Dave rallied each other up a bit. <laughs> and it was sort of gone midnight at this point because I'd been to the ice hockey game and then uh, and then come back and watch the Steelers. So uh, it was quite late at this point. But um, yeah, just. You know when you you're going through the notes and writing stuff down, and you just write the same name down a couple of times, and it was just for daft penalties. There was one on the field goal, and there was that one where he just sprinted offside for no apparent reason. Um, it's, it's just little things like that, and you write a couple of names down, and and just I don't know, maybe it's watching enough Steelers football and enough kind of tight games that you think on another day that could have cost us the game potentially. And to be honest, I think I just get annoyed by the amount of penalties that we had. And I think Dotson had wind me up by that particular point. So then I was just like, right, your shit, your shit kind of thing. So <laughs> <laughs> he got an angry face, I'm afraid. 
right, fair enough. Do we, accept, do we accept his apology, uh, Sai? Yeah. Well, it wasn't really an apology, was it? It was more like an explanation yeah. of why he was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept that. <laughs> no, I'm only messing with you. I thought it was funny. Okay, right, let's roll on. We, I was going to talk about trade talk. We already spoke about Claypool. Just very quickly, what, what would you take for Mason right now? Anything? Hmm. Like Not sure what you get for him right now. Like, yeah, I mean, there's been times this season, right, where you thought maybe, you know, a guy went down and you thought, well, maybe, you know, Mason will be an option here, but it doesn't seem like there's been any sniff of interest, and the Steelers don't seem interested in uh, in letting him play. Or not. In fact, actually, I've got to own up to this. What The worst take I had on Sunday was when Mitch Trubisky came in, I was like, I'm not being funny, but this is why Mason Rudolph needs to be dressed. When Kenny goes down, Mason Rudolph should be coming in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, oh, who's, Mitch. who's particularly oh, quarterback needy right now? I can't at this point in the season. There's not really anyone no, that springs to mind. It's tough, right? Because it's you know, are we done with the Davis Mills experiment? Maybe you could we could ship him off to Houston. Um, I don't know. Some neck trying to get that trade off. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. There's probably a few places, but you're right. There's not been a ton of like serious QB injuries, right? I mean, Washington's all right because they've got Heineke and Howell in in house. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I, but it's just it's, one of the things. It always seems to be more of a, a trade that happens before the season. If you're yes. going to trade a QB, unless you you have like a big issue or somewhat, you know, you've had two or three injuries at that position, you know, you're not going to see that sort of trade going on, I don't think. Just a bit of a wasted year for me. So I feel like it's a bit harsh yeah. for him to be sitting there inactive every week. I don't. I know we've had our qualms with him, but I don't know that he needs to be a third quarterback who's inactive every week. Let him go be a backup somewhere. He's got to be better than some of the crap that's being wheeled out around the league. Mm. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. Um, let's roll into the uh, the upcoming game, shall we? Now this yeah. is exciting. This is exciting. The Steelers play the Dolphins at the Dolphins Sunday Night Football this week, Hard Rock Stadium. You, 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 now, are you guys going to stay up for this? i got Monday booked off work for it. I'm ready. I'm going to roll. I mean, I, I don't sleep anyway these days, so I'm uh, <laughs> I'm awake. I've, I've, I've got a stag doing the weekend, so we'll see. Oh, gosh. You're going to be you're gonna be rough on Sunday, surely? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You'll be all right. Uh, now, we're facing the Dolphins uh, at a weird time. Now, they obviously went on a, a, a three-game streak at the start of the season uh kind of dominated the, the the patriots in week one and said okay here we are two had a great game 20 to 7 uh beat the 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 ravens in a comeback victory that, that nobody saw coming in that crazy game where two or three for nearly 500 yards uh beat beat the bills in a shocker 21 19 and then obviously two is injured right Lose to the Bengals, lose to the Jets, lose to the Vikings. They're on a three-game losing streak as we were before this game. Or oh, was that a four-game losing streak? It was, wasn't it? Ugh, gross. Anyway. Now, Tua is apparently going to be back in this game. However, is he going to be rusty? Are we going to see the Tua that we were starting to believe in? Remember, I have a kebab uh, prop that he'll be benched for performance issues. <laughs> not huh. looking great, not looking great. Uh, but they have lost three in a row without Tua. I don't know if that speaks particularly to their, uh, you know, roster without him. I think that Teddy Bridgewater is just not a, a fantastic option. And then obviously they had who came in for him? Was it Skylar Thompson or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, look at me. I'm going to win next year's QB uh, quiz. You wait. Click that. <laughs> so I don't know. I, if, if Tua is back, which it sounds like he is going to be right, I think all the talk is that Tua is going to be back. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Are, are we confident or, or are we, maybe the better question is, are we lacking in confidence that we're going to be facing the team that was 3-0 and and running, looking like they were going to run away as, as an unbeaten team? Or are we facing the team that's just lost three in a row and, and was blown out by the Jets? It's a tale of two teams, and I, I don't know that I'm confident in which team we're going to be going up against. I do have one particular positive about the fact it's on Sunday Night Football. Okay. And that is that... Great stat. Well, there's a couple of points, actually, to this. Firstly, in the Hard Rock Stadium, the away team is always put in the blaring sunshine. So the fact it's a night game Great. is really good because we don't then have to have like air conditioning and all that sort of stuff and players kind of hyperventilating on the sideline because they're standing unfair? around in 45 degree heat. I saw people it's, saying this week that that was unfair. Is that unfair? Is that home field advantage? What do you think? It's what you do, really. It's what it is. I mean, do you design the stadium that way? So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, teams have kind of figured out to bring like refrigerated benches or, or what. There's all sorts of stuff goes on oh, for it's all a bit silly. for road teams at Miami. But uh, anyway, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. So it's a night game, so we don't theoretically have to worry about that um, all being well. Um, the second stat is that. Now, I'll have to double-check this because I always doubt myself when I'm about to deliver a good start. But the Dolphins have never won on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen that today yeah, as well. Mm, yeah, I saw that earlier. Now, is that indicative of anything? The Dolphins have sucked for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> How long has Sunday Night Football been going for? Long time, right? Sure. It's got to be. But then, Who I guess, is? they don't... They, <laughs> They tend not to put uh, kind of bad teams in Sunday Night Football, right? It's usually a premium matchup of some sort. Yeah, mm. they put all the bad teams in Thursday Night Football on yeah. Amazon shows. Tell me about it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know if that's indicative of anything, but it's an interesting stat nonetheless. Thank you, Kit. I've, uh, uh, I've managed to pull up the Steelers injury report, if you, if you want, oh, for great. Thursday. Just in time. Um, I'll give you, do you want all the full practice, guys? Um, sure. KP full practice? Uh, Cam Sutton, Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, Minka, uh, Miles Jack, Mason Cole, James all, Daniel. Are these all full? Yep. Pat oh, Fryermuth, Chris Wormley, and Larry O. Uh, did not practice. Only one on there is Stephen Sims with a hamstring. Interesting. Uh, Maybe Gunnar will um, stick around a bit longer. <laughs> uh, James Pierre, limited practice with a hip. And Cam Hayward giving a, a a vet rest. Okay, cool. Oh well, that, now that sounds good because that it sounds like we're getting healthy too. Then. Yeah. You know the secondary is all going to be back. Um, although maybe we wheel out the same secondary as well, last week. Well, that, well, that's it. Do you, do you want to put these guys in or? I mean, we will give them another shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's like when I was saying that's another bad take of mine where I was trying to say, uh, oh maybe Dallas should roll with Cooper Rush. Uh, well, no, <laughs> maybe not. Um, now this offense in Miami is to be feared. I think with I mean we've seen what Tyreek Hill can do, and that's what scares me because when we do put in uh, Cam Sutton and we do put in uh, your Levi Wallace's and your Killer Witherspoons, we we saw our frustration sort of getting carried away with us in the weeks before last week. <sighs> Dude, a, 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 a two quick dudes like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and, and if we can get you know uh, a Tua Tug of Iowa who can who can hit them. Um, maybe a little bit better than, than Skylar Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater. I am a little bit concerned about that. Yeah, I'm more than a little bit concerned about that. But I said that last week. Um, 
you know, can Tomlin take something from this game, you think? And, and, and I don't know, can, can something be learned from this game against Tampa and, and sort of say, you know, this worked against Tom Brady. Can we do, can we take elements of this and, and use it against, you know, it's a very different receiving core and a very different quarterback with different abilities, obviously. But so it's going to be, require a different game plan. But, you know, you would hope you would be able to take something from it. I think um, Miami for years have been struggling with their O-line and Teron Armstead hasn't played in a couple of weeks. I think he's out with a toe injury. If he can't go this weekend at left tackle, that's going to be a massive loss for them. So I, I think we could cause could cause a, a few headaches there end with, with pressure. Um, mm. It's just how effective that's going to be. That's the only concern. It's the interior pressure that's got to keep getting home. We've got to keep that mm-hmm. keep that going. Yeah, it looks like Terran Armstead didn't practice Wednesday and was limited Thursday, so he's probably questionable at best. You got that yeah, injury report in front of you? Is, is there any other sort of notable dudes on there? Um, there's a few. There's quite a lot of vet rest going on. Uh, Melvin Ingram, Xavier Howard. Um, there's a lot of limited kind of guys on there. Um, there's a couple of full practices, but yeah, it's quite a long list. Um, I don't know if anyone particularly jumps off the page at me, but then again, I probably don't know Miami's roster in depth as well as I should. I like this one. Uh, Chase Edmonds aims for his fifth uh, fifth in a row prime time touchdown. I like little stats like that that are strange, right? Like one dude scores a touchdown in five prime time games in a row. Um, I don't know about this game. <laughs> I'm a little bit scared. We've been traditionally good in uh, in prime time though, right? Until last mm. season. Qu- question about Miami's O line. Um, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Greg Little uh, mm, normally plays right tackle. Did you see the stat? Oh no, sorry. Go. Okay, he um, he filled in for arms at a left tackle against Minnesota. What was his PFF grade in pass blocking? Oh, please tell me it was like fifteen or something. Daft. Twelve. Dave. Two. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Dave, you win. Two. No, it was 1.5. Wow. He conceded nine pressures. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. That's like equivalent to just putting like a dustbin out there. I know. At least at least a dustbin will try. At least you can there? fall into a dustbin. So that counts nine. as a tackle. He's allowed 19 pressures in three games. And wow. he will be starting either on the left or the right the, the right tackle position. Beautiful. This could be... This could be yeah, field day. <laughs> When's TJ back? Oh, can you imagine? Oh, that would be fun. <sighs> that wouldn't be legal. But this would be great. Maybe this is the chance for Highsmith to keep climbing that ladder of the, the sack leaderboard. Mm. Yeah. That's his that, best that, opportunity that, of the season, isn't it? That may have influenced my first sack decision. And <laughs> 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 um, they traded a seventh round pick for him. Insult to injury. Wow. Waste of a seventh round pick. The, the Dolphins are trying to trade uh, Mike Gusecki, by the way. Um, we don't we don't really like tight ends that can't block, but uh, he's a good tight end. I mean, you know, we haven't got any tight ends right now. But <laughs> no, I, I appreciate he's not a guy that would fit with us. But I think he, he's a valuable pass catcher. I think someone should trade for him. Got one last week, didn't he? Yes, yeah, good. Uh, it's good twice last week. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's got two touchdowns. Uh, how's the defense doing over in? In Miami, we we got eyes on that. Xavier Howard, obviously a name everyone knows, but but getting on a bit. Um, Javon Holland, ooh, interesting. Your guy. 
no worry about on it. I was, was not big on him when he came out. I don't think he's lit, lit the world on fire, unless I'm mistaken. Who was that, sorry, sorry? I can't say his name. Noah Igbenogany. Oh, Noah Igbenogany. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish guy comes on for the pronunciations. Yeah. I know, I know. Where, where was he in your big bud? <laughs> I won't ask you to look that up. I quite um, like that. And of course, of course, can't forget Melvin Ingram revenge game. Yeah. And he's played a big role for them this season. Mm. So, you know, if ever there was a chance for him to come in and say, hey, look, here's, here's the guy you should have been starting. Moreover, Brian Flores' revenge game. Oh, now that is the juiciest revenge narrative. And I didn't oh, even think point, of that, yeah. Kets. Oh, let's get him on the sideline. Let's make sure he's like, let's send him out for the toy cost. Oh, I said it again. <laughs> 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 What's wrong with Sorry. me? It's like he's just entered my vocabulary is how I say that now. Oh dear. Right, let's be disappointed if you said coin cost to be honest. <laughs> Do you know what the thing was? I actually had so that was like when um a striker's through on goal, but he had so long to think about that you got it wrong. Because I knew what I was gonna say and I was like, I'm gonna say coin toss, I got it right. And then I came out and it was toink. I said it like really confidently. Oh jeez. Never mind. Okay. Let's let's predict this game. Um I'm gonna do something I haven't done in a while and pick the Steelers to win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I must admit I am super scared about this this tour to hill to waddle situation with mm. you know with our starting corners coming back, which is which is a concern for me. <laughs> but I'm going to take 2017, very similar to last week in, in score. What was, oh, was that a sound drop? Oh, apologies. No, that was oh, my phone. Okay. I mean, Sorry, I thought that was Kevin trying to play a sound drop. Um, I'm going to go 2017 Pittsburgh narrow victory kind of a similar game where the, our offense continues to kind of be a bit iffy but but gets a few things going and the defense the pass rush wins the day is your ringtone biggie small by the way yeah <laughs> sounds like a biggie track <laughs> sounds like a biggie track Dave, who are you <laughs> i know biggie not personally but dave I know likes biggie. rap dave likes rap okay dave likes rap uh, i'm gonna like go see. urban music oh no guess Oh, These words, in, not in, case, in case anyone's wondering, Ketz is a white man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that many people are wondering. Um, Shocked. I'm going to go similar with a, a, a tight, a tight win. I think the uh, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that our starters are going to be a hindrance like size seems to be making out. <laughs> That's the suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we see a, a continued uptick in the uh, defensive play. Uh, I'm going for a 17-14 win field goal winning game okay yeah, right. i like it yeah Kets. um i am gonna go for i kind of think it might be one of these overtime games i kind of think it might be like maybe 24 all as a tie Ooh, I <laughs> and then you sticking with the tie in overtime too, or are we getting a winner? No, we've got to get a winner. Don't don't make me stay up till that time in the morning and have a tie, please. I'm I'm going tie and then heartbreaking touchdown to Hill or oh, Waddle, probably geez. Hill. Wait, that wasn't a score prediction. What? <laughs> What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> so t- twenty-four all tie and then Miami win in overtime. Is it, so it's just here he kept making it harder for himself. 31-24 overtime win, <laughs> Miami. If it's 31-24 and not overtime, do you still get the point? No, because I've been too <laughs> stupid and specific. 
it, it, it couldn't be 31-24 because if they score a touchdown, it's over, isn't it? Oh, 30-24 then. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> Too late in the day Kets, to do maths. Can we get Kets to lock himself into an impossible prediction? <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, Mike? Um, oh, do you know what? I'm really... I'm, I'm, bookies are not looking favourably on Pittsburgh. Um, nearly 3-1. to one. I'll right, go experts. Miami win 27-20. Seems reasonable. Kets, do we yes. have picks from we anyone do. else? Okay. We do. Gav 21-20 to the Steelers. Rich 24-21 to the Finns. Ooh, Rich being negative. You feel like he used to pick us to win every week and I used to get crap for it when I didn't, so... Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, Rich. Interesting. Hmm. Not back in. Not back in the team this week. <laughs> Neither am I. But I didn't get some shit. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't give me as much shit when I used to pick against them every week. <laughs> Touche. I'll start. Uh, okay. Strange happening or prediction about the game or whatever this uh, this topic is. Disappointed. Nobody went with pigeons last week. That'd have been I a know, home run. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking everywhere. Excuse the language, Jen. So sorry. Yeah, that, that 55-yard field goal, I was like, how are there so many pigeons on the field? Like, how would they even run a play in that? At least the broadcast crew had specific details on why. It's because the field's just been seeded. So at least they knew that rather than just been like a load of random pigeons just for the sake of it. Did nobody think to like not seed the field? I don't know the details of pitch management. Maybe I don't should be crazy. Sure, yeah. Um, okay, strange happening. Right, now, do you know what the thing that keeps, <laughs> that keeps coming into my head is Two is going to get concussed again. Oh, <laughs> and I, was like, I can't predict that. That's far too negative. I can't, I'm not allowed to do that, right? Um, now, you know what? Two doesn't care what I predict. That is going to be my prediction. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm Kat. I'm sure you'll get on to it. Have you seen Gav's prediction? Oh, no. What is it? Gav has predicted yeah, that is... more than three quarterbacks will play in this match. More than... <laughs> oh, so, that, I mean, that is a very similar prediction to mine. <laughs> Gabby's basically saying that both the QBs will be concussed. Yeah, yeah. It didn't even go three or more, or three and more. It's more than three. Very brave. (laughs) He's had a similar thought process to me. I like um, Rich's um, revenge game prediction as well with a Minka INT. That's his prediction for an event that will happen, which is good. I was going to go with the Stephen Sims... uh, return for oh, a touchdown like but it. it's not looking like he's going to be playing he's not practiced for two days mm. he didn't practice on Wednesday he didn't practice the day either with his hamstring so um, we have to back out of that one that will end up like with me with Dawson Knox that was a poor one yeah uh, I'll go with a Connor Haywood receiving touchdown nice you know, I feel like mine was too negative on reflection. Um, I'm going to say... <laughs> Tua gets benched for bad play. <laughs> uh, Tua has flown out in an emergency ambulance. Um, no, I'm going to say Melvin Ingram gets a strip sack and a recovery. Okay. Uh, first sack, uh, Alex Heisman. Oh, I've still got my oh, sorry, I did random random I thought prediction. You'd I thought you'd done it. Sorry. Uh, Steelers will have six sacks. Whoa. Oh, nice. 
Hot, hot. Where are they coming from? All from Highsmith? Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> That'd be juicy. It'd be on 12 and a half sacks. Oh. I'll tell you what, no, six sacks and no one gets more than one. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not saying that, by the way. That's so not where part of they, So let's think. So Highsmith gets one. Uh, Haywood Larry gets o. one. Larry O gets one. Reed gets one. Uh, Mollette grabs one, maybe. I was going to say Mollette. Yeah. Chris Wormley? Yeah, well, yeah. Seven sacks. Everyone gets a sack. Every player on the field. On you the get a we're, sack. You get a sack. We're, getting, we're going Oprah Winfrey here. <laughs> uh, okay, first sack though, Matt. First Matt. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Wait, Horses. Hold. Oh, okay. Thank well, you. I don't know. I'm allowed to play. Right. Three plus sacks, two plus pat downs, and one plus INT. I swear you read out like so many of these. Like I, I thought we were done after before Mike, because now you've got how many of these have we got? We've got six people playing. They're all okay. allowed the game. <laughs> All right. What was yours again? Uh, three plus sacks, two plus pat downs, and one plus INT. Okay. Fair. Um, so next one is first sack. So Sai, you've gone with Highsmith. Richard's gone with Highsmith. Gab has gone with Malik Reed. Some justice there. Interesting. I'll go with Larry O. Nice. I will join you, Dave. Keep that Lario train rolling. Uh, I'll take Cam. For back-to-back weeks with a Cam for a sack. <laughs> and then it's just the Survivor. So Gav has gone with the Bucks. We get the fixtures up. Mm, not really looked into it this week. Let's see. I've, I've, got, I've got a potential taste. I'm, I'm feeling the Jets. Nice. Played well last week. <clears throat> yeah. Have, have I for taken? Have I taken the books yet? I might take them last week because a few of us did. Oh really? No, because Sai, last week you doubled I down on the Giants being amazing. Yeah. So you've you've lost to both with the Packers and the Ravens to the Giants. Yeah, I'm struggling. I maybe you should stop picking against the Giants. Is the, is the takeaway. Um, are the Giants on a bye this week? No, where are, who, are they, who are they playing? No, they're not. They're I want to kind of just Jags. keep rolling with it. Oh, well, I'm, definitely Jags. Not. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Uh, oh, I don't know. Hmm. Cowboys are interesting against the Lions. Yeah, that looks a good bet. Dax Tank. back, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Although I kind of want to see a game from him first. Packers against the Commanders kind of jumps out to me. Maybe. I mean, Aaron Rodgers got to win a game soon, right? Can't lose another one against a crap team. Uh, wait. No, I've decided. Forget it. I'm taking the Jets against the Broncos. Down with Russell Wilson. Broncos country will not ride. Come join me. <laughs> I am taking the Giants against the Jags. My uh, Daniel Jones comeback player of the year revenge tour is... Nah, it, it's it's almost there. It's coming. It's coming along. I think he. I think he. he, yeah, he I think the not... issue is the issue is that Saquon's on the same team and would almost definitely win it instead of. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. But um, no, I, I'm I'm feeling the Giants right now. What's going on with these New York teams, man? I know. Yeah, For years know. they've been in the doldrums, been the kicking boys of the league, and and they've they've got something now. I'm just a bit nervous about it all though because neither of them I think have a QB. I don't believe in either of them. So. I don't know. We'll, we'll. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to eventually like readjust itself. 
But I sense some like it's going to correct to the mean at some point. I think they're definitely better. I think the rosters are more well constructed now. They've, they've built well, and I think the coaching, especially on the Giants side, is looking amazing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't believe in Zach Wilson. Oh, Daniel. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs over the 49ers because I've not picked the Chiefs yet. Okay. Yeah, rough loss for them last week in in, in Atlanta. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. That's that's the picks. Um, I'm not even going to ask how we're doing because I know I'm just getting absolutely pummeled week after week. I don't think I've even won a survivor yet, or I might have won. <laughs> rough, rough going. Yeah, I think you're one and five, Sai. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, let's go fantasy. Let's go fantasy. This is normally Gab's corner, so I'll I'll take over. Um, and by doing so, uh, I will make it about me. I'd be remiss not to mention <laughs> that I scored. 48 points more than anyone else in the kebab bowl the last week. I'll take the round of applause. Sound drop now, gets. Silence. Tumbleweed. <laughs> I don't know how well a sarcastic slide clap uh, comes across well, on audio. It's not about that. It's not about that. We lost Woodsy this week, who lost by 0.10. Well, 0.10. How do you say that? 0.10. Not by one point. Oh, wow. No way. Yeah, it was literally on Monday Night Football by point one of a point. It was, uh, yeah, tough. And I think it was he, he was the one who, like, played two dudes who were, were out. So, like, he had no business going out. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he just didn't set his lineup. Woods, he come back to us. Well, don't, because you're out. You can go. He gets one of these. If the drop plays. No, hang on. That's just the after effect. <laughs> come on, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that, wow that was okay well well sorry woodsy uh you gone you gone uh but in an interesting move the vampire matt oddly was playing him this week and won with his team of misfits so he got to steal austin eckler away before i could try and waver him um, I, I had work. to had to get rid of my bid that i'd already put in for him as soon as he went on the uh on the wire some of the moves this week, so he dropped, so they get some of the guys that Woodsy lost. He lost Jonathan Taylor, I think was the, probably the biggest name, obviously been injured and not had the great start to the season, but was the number one overall pick in a lot of drafts. He goes for $31. I'm realising now I did not check who picked everyone up. Oh, there you go. Potts, Potts picked him up. Ketz. Now, Ketz, I think you made another classic mistake here of overbidding for Steelers players. Spent $22 on George Pickens as the second highest. Yeah, it's what it is. I mean... I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm supportive of it. Use all the fab. That's fine by me. Um, I picked up Kyler Murray to be my backup QB instead of Carson Wentz for $6. Very happy with that. Um, I was getting worried about Joe Burrow's bye week, so Kyler Murray can step in nicely. Got the rushing floor, you see. The rushing floor is important. And then $3 for Tyler Lockett goes to Josh K. And then um, $3 I get Daniel Bellinger, the, the breakout tight end on the Giants. Um I kind of considered not doing that because I had Cade Otten, but I'm just desperately looking for tight ends, and I thought maybe he offered better upside in the end zone. But some of these guys, I mean, James Conner went for nothing? Excuse me? Is he, how injured is he? When's he going to be back? He's out for a little while. They've got really? um, okay. Eno Benjamin's the main guy yeah. right now. Another red star of mine, may I add. Or maybe a sleeper, but I was high on Eno Benjamin. Nice to see him coming and getting work. Dak Prescott goes for nothing. 
three bids of nothing, but someone got him. Phil, <laughs> Phil got Competitive him. zero bidding. Yeah. Um, I picked up Greg Dulcich for nothing, um, who had a good game on Monday Night Football, right? So got two touchdowns. So that's kind of the tight end I'm, I'm aiming for here. Either him or Bellinger. We'll see what happens with that. So, I mean, we're seeing the effect now of, of the fab budget sort of falling and, and nobody being available. Mm. Dave, Mike, didn't pick anyone up this week? I'm a bit like yourself. I'm looking for the, oh, the tight end that Sorry, I want. Yeah. <laughs> lost. Yeah. Surprisingly, last lot of interest in that fantasy oh. league. Damn, <laughs> you got oh, no you, players sorry, left. Uh, sorry, Dave. I realised Mike was uh, not in it and spoke over you. What, what were you saying? Uh, I'm a bit, a bit like yourself. I'm looking for a tight end. Looking for. I'm shopping for a tight end. Mm. So I'm just waiting for it to come up because I've already like pissed my fab budget up the wall. <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to save a little bit of it and hope that everyone else sort of spends theirs so I can come with a max bid of like three. You know. Yeah. Well, I still I still feel uh, very cheated that I didn't get the t- who was it last week the other week? Mike An- was it Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews went for yeah. like twenty dollars, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah, well, I was definitely going to bid higher than that, but yeah. you know, Gav forgot to tell anyone that he was doing this. So... Anyway, uh... <laughs> we love you, really, Gav. Right, let's roll on. You got you got something for us, uh, Dave? I do. I do. <gasps> do we have a drop? Do we have a drop. Oh, it's really loud. No, it's not. It's fine. It's really low-fi. Yeah. It wasn't. Like, the ring was really loud, but now it's going quiet. Hey, nice effort. Gav's accused me in previous weeks of, like, underselling this section. Like, when it comes to me, like, have you got something? I go, yeah, I suppose it is time. And then, like, we have a lo-fi version of the... uh, of the sound drop. Anyway. I'm sorry, boys. I'm doing my best here. Low, lo-fi is one term. I think low production value would be enough. Ropey. There's no, ropey. no production value at all. Um, so everyone's aware of like, oh, well, I mean, we're all male, right? I don't don't want, want to assume people's... Uh, Last time I checked. Um, but we all have unwritten and un- entirely unspoken rules, right? I mean... I bet I can name a few, and you're all going to go, yeah, that's a thing that we do. But no one, no one talks about it apart from like in articles and stuff. So like the the main one that you, I, I try to explain to to my wife at some point, and she just was baffled by it because it's not something that women experience. Um, so you're in a a, a public bathroom, so you, you're in, you're, in, you're in the pub or whatever, and there's a row of urinals. Mm-hmm. If there's five of them. There's only three. <laughs> yes. Because right. if there's three people stood there, you're not going anywhere near. You're not just like inserting yourself between two guys going, all right, fellas. It's, it's not like a, I don't know. It, it's not, um, it's not a homophobia thing. I don't think. No, I know it's not no, from my no, point no, of view no, anyway, no. but it's like, it's an awkwardness. It's yeah, like it, going into that situation, getting shy member or whatever you want to call it um and just not being and just being stood there awkwardly not being able to do the thing you went in there yeah, to that's do. the worst yeah that's because because i've been there yeah because you sort of you, you, like no one's looking but you're very aware of the fact that the, the guy next to you is, he, he might be thinking this guy's not having a wee yeah and What's i guarantee i guarantee you've done the thing right where you've been at a urinal and then a guy's come in next to you you can't pee yeah so you just give up you, you, <laughs> yeah. you, just, you just pretend you peed yeah <laughs> I'll try again in half an hour. Yeah. Everybody's done that. Do you know what, though? It's a psychological thing because it, it depends on what kind of facilities you've got in the bathroom. 
and this is a weird thing to say on a podcast that's going out publicly, but if you've got like the standard kind of porcelain urinals where, as Dave says, you've got five, it's like hit one, miss one, hit one, miss one, hit one. That's different because if you've got like the the kind of steel trough equivalent at some god awful <laughs> football ground or anything, it's just literally if you can fit in, then off you go. <laughs> and you're standing a lot closer in that scenario than you are if it's hit one, miss one, hit one, porcelain so kind of thing. That's a busyness thing. Cause this is what I was going to ask Dave. Do, does your does your opinion change if you're in a situation where, like, say you're in you're in a, a busy bar or a club or something where it's you know people are just trying to get in wherever they can. Are you, are you going to force yourself in, in that situation, or are you, you, kind, are you going to stand? Strong? You kind of have to. You kind of have to. You got you're left with very little choice. I think. Mm. You're not going to wait the extra time for the the cubicle. No, it makes it, it makes it a little bit more awkward if you're the guy who's yeah, just just thinking, I'm not going to go in there. Yeah. yeah. Um. But the see, the way the more drunk you are the easier it is of to course. do of course yeah so yeah uh another unwritten it's the peer pressure from the queue yeah. as well isn't it that it has is, some bearing yeah. on it yes but yeah if there's like five guys waiting behind you just looking at you going like why is this guy not going in that gap there's a perfectly good gap there i feel but... like i'm i'm a relatively like recent convert in the grand scheme of things to the hero and i feel like similar to how i always say like, i didn't learn to ride a bike until i was 12 I feel like it took me a very, very long time to even consider the urinal. Like, I was just, like, one of these guys that was like, no, nah, I'm not even dealing with this. Like, I'm going to cubicle it every time, regardless of the situation. But I, I have got, I've, I've moved past that. <laughs> okay. Congratulations on your graduation. I'm showing growth. <laughs> <laughs> that you are. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh, that was a great thought, one. Well done. I thought I recognised you from the urinal. <laughs> That was the perfect one because it took a second for it to sink in. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one. I don't know if this is uh, is more uh, something that I've noticed about myself. That I uh, I have a few sets of ladders that I have to take out for my for my work. So I, I use ladders on a regular basis. So when I'm attaching them to my van, I'll if I don't sort of give it a shake and make sure it's secure and go, that's not going anywhere. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm concerned and i think that a lot of people a lot of men do that like they have to they have to you know make something secure as they can possibly can and go going nowhere that because if it's felt like it's a thing that if they don't say it it's gonna fall off <laughs> or how, how do i test this i'll shake the living shite out of it yeah see <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe that's your little unless, unless i get into a crash mm. it ain't going anywhere did the ladders go on the side of the van or the top of the van? On the top, on the roof rack. So then this raises the question, don't you need ladders to get up to the ladders well, this, to put the ladders on? This is it. I have to have a, a special set of ladders that I keep <laughs> in the back to, to get my bigger ladders. I love yeah. that. I knew that was, yes. The ladder for the ladder. The ladder ladder. Yeah. Got a ladder, and then there's a ladder ladder to get the ladder from there. Um, <laughs> the circle of ladders. <laughs> I just, I'm just a, a ladder transporter. Um... The, the last one, I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to hear if you guys have got your own um, unwritten rules. But the last one that I've um, I've got is don't be the guy who counts calories when you're out with your friends. Because there's always that guy who's like really into his fitness. And I'm not, you know, not maligning you being into your fitness. But you've come out for a night out with, with your mates, going for a few beers, maybe having something unhealthy on the way home. That's part of the experience. Don't be the guy who goes, I can't, I'm only having one beer tonight because there's, do you know how many calories are in a beer? Mm. Don't be that guy. I don't, I don't need the guilt trip. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're a bummer. You're, you're, you're bringing the mood down. 
So don't be that guy. That's my sort of unwritten rule. But I think most people sort of go along with the situation. You know, you just sort of think, oh, well, tonight's going to be my cheat night or whatever. But there's always the guy that's really strict about it. You know, yeah, I got that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only reason you have one beer is if you're like driving somewhere or you've yeah. got to be up, you know, early in the morning for a meeting or something like that. That, that said, I'm I'm thinking about quitting drinking. Well, in fact, I'm going to go further than that. I have quit drinking. I'm not drinking anymore. How long has this been going on for? Well, is this since you were drawing naked people in Leeds or Sheffield? No, no, since last weekend. But since last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> long time. Oh, the thing is, though, once I make one of these mental decisions, I, I'm not that. I'm not really that like obsessed with alcohol where I would need to be. You know what I mean? I'm not like I'm not mm-hmm. like going to be like hankering for it where I need to do it. The only reason I even drink is because like, I go out with people and I'm like mm-hmm. feel compelled to do so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's fine. But uh, I don't know. I'm wondering if I'm, I'm going to try just, you know, maybe next time I go out just being the, the sober dude. But I don't really want to go out, out and do that. But, you know, just mm. to, you know, like to, the, you know, to when we go for meet to do the meetup or whatever. And I don't know. We'll see. You're not doing the Steelers meeting sober. That's see, not this, is, this is why I end up that's doing mental. <laughs> I've already, I already told you that's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I've got to, I've got to, I've, if I'm planning on getting able to make it, I'm, I've got to drive back. See, Mike, two sobermen. Why you got to drive back? Uh, because we're getting a dog in a week, and the wife's gone to the office the following day. Oh, fair enough. Fair so enough. I don't think I, I, I can't leave an eleven-week-old puppy in the house on its own. Shockingly, I know. Does it like chicken wings? I don't have it yet. You <laughs> say <laughs> so if it does, bring it with. <laughs> Is that this, the start of that reason? Sounds like the most sort of rubbish excuse. Well, I'm getting a dog in a week, and. Uh... Yeah, just sort of like a self for <laughs> half, half an excuse. Yeah, needs to knock yeah. those twelve Heinekens back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not drafted. Um, do you know what? Actually, when when I first moved down here and and started living with my now wife, I wasn't driving. So anytime we'd go out and see friends, she would always do the do the driving, um, and I always I would always have to do the drinking. And then when I got my driver's license, she sort of said, "Ha, payback's a bitch." Mm-hmm. and sort of spent the next two or three years being the designated driver it is a funny dynamic being the one sober person in the group of people getting half cut mm. and you do go is that what i'm really like when i'm pissed nah i'm much funnier and <laughs> much more respectful to people pissing beside people in urinals um much more respectful um no probably not probably a dick like everyone else <laughs> <laughs> As long as you're on the same level as everybody, it doesn't matter as much. It's if you've got one person that's massively sober that then calls you out on everything you do the next day. That's not ideal. Yeah, Yeah, I don't need that guilt trip. I feel guilty enough as it is. Yeah. Because I get... Any of you guys guilty of the fear? Guilty of what, sir? Of of getting the fear. You know, when you wake up the next morning, go, oh, oh, what have I said? Oh, what yeah. have I done? Yeah, I mean, in uni, that happened just, just constantly. Oh, that was, uni was brutal. And usually, but then also, at the same time, I didn't, at the, I didn't really care. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I said I, something to... Do you know you said that, that something to annoy that person? I, I don't care. I never yeah, that, that was again. all fine until the time that I woke up and there was just my housemate and two police officers stood right in front of my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> have we, have we heard that story? Yeah, Did you pay for the so. privilege? Uh, no, 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 not really. Was it that sort of arrangement? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, no, no. <laughs> You're under arrest. Can we, 
Can we find out more about this incident, please? Uh, Have you tweeted about this? I think I've told you guys before, but um, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Uh, I'll I'll tell you off there, but I think I've told you before. <laughs> it was nothing that bad, actually. It wasn't, you know, I'm making I'm it sound intrigued. like a... I feel like, like you I should email the Patreon listeners. <laughs> Why is, it always, why is it always like, oh, release the episode where you were so drunk that you had to cancel the recording and tell everyone your deepest darkest? Tell you what, like, well, yeah, one, <laughs> one time should we just or should we just get pissed for like two or three hours and then and then click record for the crack? Oh, I'm in for that. Yeah, that, yes. that, yeah let's okay. do that. I'll just say I'm not going to drink again. And, uh, yeah, okay. You're so hard to convince, though. That does sound fun. So Such pressure you applied. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, the, the, I'll, maybe we'll talk about this uh, off air. I wanted to quit, specifically because, like Dave, I know you you got things going on during the day and stuff. But especially, especially for the moment, specifically Kets and, and maybe Mike. I don't know if you got time. I, I wondered if we could do like a, a like a live game call one week soon ish. What, what do you think? In or out on that idea? Yeah. If people are up for it, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you're welcome as well. I just thought that maybe yeah. you, you know obviously. Well, yeah. How how would that, how would that be? Done, I'm, so, you know I'm I mean. thinking that the the logistics of it would probably be we would do it on Discord, we would join a call, make sure we try and make sure we're all on like the same time because I know that can be a bit of a bugbear. Yeah, that's that's the, bit that's that... the biggest issue. Yeah, um, but if we could try and make sure that everyone kind of like is even if as a group we may be like a few seconds behind, if we could try and get everyone at the same place and go. I don't know. Yeah, game for that. Absolutely. Do that as like a Patreon thing. Because I did say like that would be a good thing to do like a couple of times during the season. I'm conscious that I say this stuff and then the season goes so quick before you even think about it. I so. know. I, I, pl- I plan to have guests on. That's gone out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying, I'm like, guys, bring guests on. But like, that's totally fine. But you got to know what you want to talk about. <laughs> don't bring the guest on and go, Simon, here's a guest. <laughs> that's that worked beautifully with Matt Audley because you were so far out your. Yeah, well, that's different. It was that's different. No, that's different because Matt, we know that's a different thing. I'm talking about like just random dudes, like. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, you know I'm an awkward mess. The last thing I need is new people in my life. Jeez. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> so, social dude. Sorry, dude. We we kind of hijacked your your kebab corner. No, no, that's all right. That's all right. So we've talked unwritten male rules. Have you, have you got any? Have you got any of your own? Sorry to put you mm. all on the spot, but have you got any of your own? It's, it's yeah. funny, Dave. When you were starting it, I assumed you were going to talk about talking at the urinals. <laughs> oh I, yeah. I, for yeah. some reason, I knew you were going to go bathroom. I don't know why. Do not um, make any conversation at all. No, yeah. no. You've, you've got to be pretty pissed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's, it's not a room for small is, talk. Is 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 sometimes okay. But yeah, I mean, when you're just like alone in the bathroom with the weird old dude, that's like, mm. uh, I was so I listened to a podcast. It's, it's a gaming podcast, unrelated. But uh, funnily enough, this has been a like a running thing lately where someone wrote in about why guys talk to them when they go to the urinal, and then different people write in each week saying, "Yeah, like, I've had this." Like there's diff- different people and what they'd said, and like someone said, <laughs> like an old guy walked in, and like he was stood there pissing next to him, and he goes, "Now that's the sound of a big dick piss." <laughs> 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 how, how to clear a bathroom in ten minutes. Yeah. Can you imagine? So my um, um my, my brother in law goes to Vegas very often for like the boxing. He used to go like the Ricky Hatton fights back in the day. And he in, in one of the interview in, in the breaks, he went to the Royals, was having a slash, and someone walked in and said, sort of, you know, gave the you know, sort of thing, and turned to his right, and who was pissing beside him? Bruce Willis. 
<laughs> what? Oh no, that's like one of the worst ones as well because you know that Bruce Willis isn't going to be the kind of guy that wants to talk to you at all, let alone no chance. But the moment is too big to let it pass almost. <laughs> you know, stage for it, stage like, for it. You're pissing, just stops. Just you don't almost... try and shake his hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would almost feel compelled to do something to make the moment memorable, but what could it be? Yeah. Unwritten rules. That's not a time for a selfie. No, no. <laughs> or, or or look down and go, die hard, am I right? Like, that, that's <laughs> awful, awful. <laughs> so many good lines. I know, yeah. Uh, I, I don't... Um, I, I'm struggling to think of anything that I do. You know, I, I have this issue where when I leave the house, I probably spend what you would all consider a... Uh, when I'm alone, because, you know, obviously when I'm going out with Chloe or something, I'm forced to leave. But I spend, like, probably a, a ridiculous amount of time wandering around the rooms of the flat to ensure that I've not forgotten anything by all. Like, this this is a thing that probably goes on for, like, five minutes. <laughs> like, I'm just wandering around each room. <laughs> the best thing I ever bought was the ring doorbell, because I, le- I leave the house after the wife's gone and go, shit, did I lock the door? So I pull over pop my phone open, look at the ring doorbell, watch myself leave the house and go, God, yes, I locked the door. <laughs> I, do you know what? I don't think I've ever gone back and seen that, that the door was unlocked. It's always been locked. But, do you know, there was one time I was at first year university. It was a night I, I didn't go out and a bunch of friends did. And one of the girls gave me a call about midnight and you think, oh, hello. Um, and it wasn't like that at all. It was... I think I left my hair straighteners on or the iron. No, it was the iron. Yeah, I think I left the iron on in my flat. Can you just check? I said, all right, fine. So I went into the guy in reception and said, look, room, blah, blah. Do you think she's left her radiator or the, the the iron on? Can you just go in and check? She's probably, you know, half cut. It's midnight. And we went in and the room was boiling. She had <laughs> left it plugged in on top of the ironing board. And you oh did God. think, shit, if this, if, if this had a fall in the buildings and flames, so I'm paranoid about checking. Have to check every time. Makes sense. Safety first. That's, I think it's like a sign of it just inner anxiety, right? I'm just constantly afraid that I forgot something. I don't need the guilt. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I kind of do like that is I'll pack my, like, bag for work. So I put my laptop in it, keyboard, mouse, like phone charger, you know, whatever. Um, headphones that you get given so you, all of them so there's like five or six things that all go into the bag it's always the same things every time and then i'll go out the door i'll lock the door i'll walk halfway down the road and i'll just have something in my brain that goes just double check you've got your laptop or your keyboard yeah. or your mouse it's like i, I know i have because i've checked it but yeah. I have and your to bag's heavy the bag. it is you still have to open the bag and literally search on the bag until you can see that thing that you think that you've forgotten that you know you haven't forgotten it's a really weird kind of thing but yeah that, that's one of the things that i do that's, that's an unwritten rule it's just a i definitely have millions stuff. i definitely have millions of these but just cannot you know like until i mm. do them i don't even recognize that the things <laughs> i used yeah. to have an obsessive thing with my setting my alarm because i like because I, I hadn't set it one morning and it didn't go off and i was late for work and mm. then ever since then i had to turn it off and on like five times you know so that oh, it's no. so, it says about your phone saying alarm set and I had to do it like five times just to make sure I saw that sign at the bottom saying alarm set. And it became a habit. Dave, my wife does the exact same thing. <laughs> She'll go, our alarm on, off, on, off, on. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then I'm one of these people where 
I want one alarm, and that alarm will wake me up, thank you. Agreed. I don't need seven alarms. I'm so glad you've said that, because I have been on a tirade about this, Mike, for years. My housemate used to have, you know, I mean, it was getting on to like 20 alarms over the course of 30 minutes. Ah, fuck off. And, and, and I could hear it through the walls. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, just wake up. I don't understand this thing that people need so many alarms. The alarm yeah. goes off. You've recognised the alarm's gone off. Get up. Yeah. It's an awful time. It's an awful. It's an awful time when hearing twenty alarms is the worst noise you hear through the walls of your neighbor's bedroom. But that's, 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 that's a whole other story. No, I can't. I can't be doing that. Four, five, six alarms to get up in the morning. Two maximum, yeah. surely. You've got no, one. One alarm. A, it's news. You can have one, and you can have a fail safe. That's fine. I, no, see, I do safe. do that, but I turn the alarms off after the first alarm. I never use the second alarm. That's just there, like just in case, out of paranoia. Yeah, I, 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 might, do, I might do that if I've got like a flight to catch. If, yeah. if, you know, if I'm going home to Dublin or something like that and my flight's at 7 in the morning and I've got to be up at 4 totally or a, you know, a 6 a.m. train I might do that to be on the safe side but if I sleep through my alarm and I wake up and it's 8 o'clock and I need to be in the office at 9 yeah it'll be alright the office will be there yeah but wait hang on a minute but that would you've also just presumed that you would still wake up naturally before work whereas no, no, I would have slept till like noon <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that bad. And have done multiple times. <laughs> no, I, didn't, you know, I was never one of those either that would sleep in. Unless I've been on the lash, I've never one of those that slept in till all hours. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always been an early bird. I'm just such a night owl. Like, I, I, I actually actively hate the day. If I could not get up until 4 pm every day to never see the sun, that would be my choice. Yeah, it's the occasional <laughs> 1 am WhatsApp message from Sai going, damn it, Sai. Well, I do think about that, but I'm like at the point now where I'm like, if you don't have your phone on silent at night, like that is totally yeah. on you. Yeah, like, totally agree. Totally. I live in the night. I need to get my thoughts out, you know. Yeah, I'm sending trades on sleeper at 12:45 <laughs> yeah, exactly. a.m. You definitely are. Sleep. I've received some of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might send another one now in an hour. Yeah. Ketsy, you were asleep enough that you'll trade 14 first-round picks for Kenny Pickett. Oh, I'm glad. Another thing I'm glad you brought up. Can, can we just get out now? Last thing, maybe before we go. Sure. Why? Um, what? What is this thing about you trying to trade me the 2025 first round pick for the 2024 first round pick? I can't wrap my head around this. I'm just like sitting on it because I don't understand why it's there. You haven't. <laughs> I, I've withdrawn it. Oh, okay. Right. Well, that's fine. Well, I'll send you another one now. <laughs> I just, just want What is the problem you're trying to swap? Because, no, but this is kind of my issue though. Is that every time I ask him, Dave, why he wants to do it, his his like the reason is just well, well it doesn't matter. I'm just doing it, man. Well, that, that's not a reason. <laughs> like, there's obviously a reason that you're not telling me, and I don't trust it. <laughs> so I, I'm right there with it. He did the same thing to me. <laughs> yeah, but you accepted, it, didn't you? No, I traded for oh. Gal's 2025 oh. first round pick. Just to upset him. Yeah. By the way, I totally offered that to Gal as well, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Gal's not gonna like that. He's gonna come for you in the chat. No, that size like had got an attitude of suspect everyone when mm-hmm. it comes to these things. Yeah, definitely. Probably correct to be fair. Have you seen that slot? There we go. So I've sent you better to ride. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm a bit nervous to look at that now. To be honest, I spent a good half an hour googling who's gonna come out in 2024 and 2025 oh, to see if it made any Indeed. difference. You you asked me about that Manning kid. I was like, he's still in high school. <laughs> Now he's offering me an extra fourth round pick in 2025. How many players am I supposed to be taking in 2025? Jeez. <laughs> there's something about 2025, isn't there? There's just like no there's no players coming in 2025. Lads, as much as I love the draft, <laughs> I, I mean I don't even know who's coming out this year. But then why? Why are you so desperate? <laughs> 
just to watch us squirm. I think that's what it is. <laughs> it's mind games, isn't it? That's what it is. He's trying to make us make mistakes. <laughs> I, t- I tell you, I tell you what, there are some scandalous trades going around. Like, not in the not in the league that we're in, gents, but there's none of I mean. There are some scandalous trade requests going around. Honest to God, like two first round picks for. Or was I was telling you boys earlier. I was offered a what was it, a second round pick for Ryan Tannehill. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Anyways, no one cares about your fantasy team. I yeah, should up super, now. super flex makes people do stupid things. Mm. Fantasy makes people do stupid things. Oh, about it. Right. Okay. Except, except the trade side. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna sit on it a bit longer and think. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking around. If you're still here, um, we'll see you next week after the Sunday night football matchup. Um, thank you again to the to the patrons: Rob, Mark, Matt, Glenn, Joel. Um, much love to you guys. We really appreciate you support the show. Follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cy Rope. This for Gav at GMP. But why have I done that? He's not even here. Ugh, free shout out. Follow Redacted. <laughs> follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart. Follow Kets at Kets UK and follow Mike at Mike underscore JF1. And we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. See you, guys. Go Steelers. Yeah!